platform is only suitable for people aged 18 or over will almost certainly have an adult theme and might well contain scenes or violence which are quite graphic. It may also contain explicit language, including sexual swear words. Thanks for listening. Hello there, all you godless revolutionaries. Tonight we are very, very happy to welcome Dr. Daryl Ray as our special guest for tonight's episode. Uh, if you don't know, Dr. Daryl Ray is the founder and chairman of the Board of Directors for Recovering from Religion. Dr. Daryl Ray has been a psychologist for over 30 years and is the author of four books, two, an organizational teamwork as well as The God Virus, How Religion Infects Our Lives and Culture, and Sex and God, How Religion Distorts Sexuality. He's been a student of religion most of his life and holds a master's degree in religion as well as a bachelor's degree in sociology and anthropology with a doctorate in psychology. He is also the director of the Recovering from Religion program called the Secular Therapy Project, a groundbreaking effort to anonymously match interested clients with therapists who adhere to evidence-based secular therapeutic practices in their mental health treatment approach. We also have a few news items we cover. We'll talk about... Wait. They're not pro-gay in Moorhead, KY? Oh. France pays you for their Wu-Fi. Honduras resurrection. <laughs> Republicans are still smoking Trump's polls. And the Shoreham air crash victims' families continue search. We also talk about Glenn Beck quite a bit because... Yeah. Yes, we actually talk about Glenn Beck quite a bit. Glenn fuckery Beck. Super fuck that guy. Welcome uh, to the show, all you revolutionaries. Wow! Uh, but here's what his revelation comes to him. He's kind of got all this stuff, like, uh, touching, wiping, mourning of the animals. Not wiping, whipping. Whipping. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, not torture. Touch, also not touching. I am, I am dyslexic. <laughs> I, I hope I'm not having like, a stroke. Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! And an atheist almost always becomes supporters of eugenics and abortion. A swine is hungry for nuts. Jesus hates him too. Satan is real. Being a Satanist is an open declaration of revolt against counterproductive received wisdom and mindless rogue tradition. Decapitate her head off. We're done. You're done. You're done. Obama! Thank you very much, Dr. Daryl Ray, for joining us on tonight's episode of The Godless Revolution. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. For Josh sure. Duggar's not doing so well, but no. I'm doing pretty <laughs> well. I, I heard he escaped from his uh his, yeah. his clinic. He hasn't shown up. Oh, nobody knows where he's at. Is, Although is, his family airplane seems to be going all around mysteriously. Oh, hmm. What's what's your take on that whole situation as far as uh you know from 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 your particular expertise what you know with the the symptoms he's shown or the the actions he's he's taken well he's infected with the god virus that's the problem <laughs> right <laughs> you want to we don't need to go any farther I, do we I just suppose not yeah um <laughs> the poor doug is infected with a lot of shame and guilt that his family put on him and and I do say when I say poor Doug, I, I I have some level of empathy because he is certainly a victim of that crazy family he lives in. Oh, you mean he was raised in it. Yeah. Josh, Josh Duggar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Josh Duggar. He's perpetuating it, and he you know he believes that shit. Uh, can I use four-letter words in this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he believes it with all his heart. Well, when you believe it and then you violate it, 
it's just going to bring you back to Jesus. I mean, that's what's going to happen. He's going to stay in rehab. Of course, the place he's doing rehab in is really not a rehab place. It's just a Jesus prayer center, prayer center yeah. uh, that has no qualified staff on it. Mm-hmm. He'll stay there six, eight, maybe maybe six months, but he'll be back, and Jesus will have forgiven him, and we'll see a lot more Josh Duggar. You know, just like Ted Haggard was back. It only took about a year and a half for Ted Haggard to come back from playing with gay prostitutes. So. Does, I don't does, know. Is Ashley Madison or or screwing up a, 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 a erotic dancer? Is that I don't know. A year, <laughs> six months can't be as bad. As, <laughs> well, do, does any of his uh, behavior with the siblings as a teenager and so forth does any of that connect to you know some of the things you've written about uh, concerning the pedophile priest situation and they're kind of locked into this adolescent sexual mentality. Wow, you're good. I appreciate that. Yeah, you've read the book, haven't you? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, yes and no. In fact, I'm going to be talking about that in, in uh, two or three weeks at, at Oasis. I'm going to be giving a talk. He, he, yes and no. I mean, Josh Duggar, when he did that, was a teenager himself. And he was he was molesting, sexually, sexually molesting his, his uh, sisters. Mm-hmm. You gotta look at it in context. He was, he was 12, 14 years old. What he did was clearly illegal, clearly wrong. But the fact is, he's raised in a family that did not teach boundaries, did not teach sex education, doesn't teach people that touching other people inappropriate is wrong. They just ignore it. There is no sex education of any kind going on. So, I, I mean, I don't, it's, it's a fine line when you look at this stuff. But children will play with other children. We know that for a fact. I was I, when I was a kid. I was sexually playing with other kids. P- people play. I got a I got a long email the other day from a from a listener of my podcast that talked about getting caught playing doctor, and she she was playing the doctor, and so <laughs> <laughs> she got caught playing doctor, and her fundamentalist parents went ape shit over it. So, and you know, she was. <sighs> Yeah, is that right or wrong? I don't know. Children do that kind of thing. Sure. Now he was an adolescent by that time, but when he was but when he was being raised, he was not taught about boundaries. He wasn't taught about sexual behavior. He doesn't. He was taught from the day he was born that masturbation is wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, what what is a person to do with that incredibly powerful sex drive if you're told it's your biggest enemy? Right. So you, you've got a person who's being programmed to go crazy at some point in time. He just happened to go crazy with his sisters. It's illegal as hell. It's inappropriate as hell. I blame his parents. I blame his family and that religious stuff because they didn't teach him that touching people inappropriate was wrong. Nobody taught him about boundaries. Nobody taught him that uh, sex is fine if among consenting adults and that you can masturbate all you want until you get, you know, until you get a, Considering sex partner somewhere. I mean, all those things are, he's just, he's just acting out his sex drive inappropriately because he was never taught anything different. So this is, this uh, is, I know, just a- I know that sounds, some people will say I'm giving him excuses. I'm not. I'm just saying you're raised in that kind of environment. You can't expect anything different. Sure. I this- guarantee you there's more than him going on somewhere. In that oh, abs- yes, yeah. absolutely. This, so this is, this is more, um, against abstinence only teaching and, that coupled with the God virus than it is yeah. uh, abnormal teen behavior. Yeah. It, 
Yeah. <laughs> I, you can't, I can't tell you how many people have emailed me or texted me or whatever telling me over the years. Uh, basically, I did what Josh Duggar did. And it could be, it's, it's as many females as, as males. Mm. It's, it doesn't go. One, one woman I know said, I had sex when I was 12 years old and I seduced a 14 year old boy to do it. I wanted it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Technically that's illegal, but yeah. if, if you just look at, and I like to take a bigger picture because we are so, we are so consumed with our Christian religious culture here. We can't see outside the box. But if you look outside of Western culture, you go to a cultures like the Manganians or the Hawaiians before Western contact or, you know, other cultures like the Moso in China, children are sexually playing all the time. It's just a part of growing up. It, it's, there's, and, and in, in most of those cultures that I named and, and others I could name, the, the female is in charge of the sexual relationship. Not the male. They're not patriarchal cultures. The female has a big part in how sex goes down in those cultures. I mean, in the Manganian culture, I wrote about that in my book, Sex and God. Uh, there's kind of an unwritten expectation that a, kids can start playing sexually anytime they want. Boys are actually taught that they have to give a woman or a girl at least three orgasms for every orgasm they have. Now, that's Hard. That's certainly not anything you'll hear a Christian talking about. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Of course, yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at the Duggar culture, they don't even believe women want sex. They they don't think they don't even talk about female orgasms. Yeah. Because well, that well, and recently, makes no sense. yeah, recently there was a, a, a church leader who was talking about uh, female climaxes are basically evil, right? Like, like I can't remember yeah. the guy's name. We'll have to we'll have to find the clip yeah. after we finish up the interview to play it. But you know, he was <laughs> he was at the pulpit ranting and raving that female climaxes are a myth, and you know that they're of the devil, and men shouldn't have to worry about them. <laughs> now, there's a guy who's never given a woman an orgasm before, <laughs> <laughs> and never masturbates or looks at porn either. Yeah, sure, way. of course not. <laughs> yeah, probably. Why is it so important for religions to subvert sexuality? I mean, uh, especially you find that, especially like we were saying with women and homosexuals. Yeah, right. Well, I wrote a whole book on. Yes, that. you did. <laughs> <laughs> the just if you think about it, your biology is the most basic thing you got going for you. There's nothing else. I mean, that's all there is. So if you can make somebody feel ashamed or bad about their own body, then you've got them for life. So what religions do is they basically say, you, your body is your worst enemy and you have to control it. Well, it's actually an impossible thing to ask somebody. Right. There's almost nobody on this planet, including Catholic priests, that can control it. <laughs> Especially Catholic priests. <laughs> Especially Catholic priests. <laughs> unless, unless you're asexual. And that's, that is certainly a legitimate uh, sexual orientation. And, it, and, and when I say asexual, I mean somebody who literally has no sex drive. There are people who at any given time aren't interested in sex. But they're not necessarily asexual. Mm -hmm. They they could just not be interested right now for whatever reason. Their hormones are different, or or they're you know they're um, they're taking a medication, or or some phase in life they're in depression. There could be a lot of reasons why a person is acting like they don't want sex or doesn't want it at all. But the only exception to this rule that people that we don't really talk about is an and is an asexual person. 
But besides that, every other person, the other 97 or 98 percent of the people on this planet have a difficult time, can't, can't control it, just literally can't. So asking somebody to control something that is physically almost impossible, you know, stop breathing. <laughs> right. It's not quite that dramatic, but it's obviously very difficult. So, man, once religions teach you this, then they get something I call the guilt cycle in, involved. And when they, when you do break down and masturbate, then you feel guilty about it. You have to come back to Jesus. And you always come back to the place you learned the guilt in the first place. Right. No Catholic goes and confesses to a Baptist minister. Mm-hmm. It, it right. just always is the place you learned it. And that's, that's, it's the, it's the most beautiful con game I, I've ever come across in my entire life. It's psychologically perfect. Yeah. Make people afraid of their own bodies. And then they have to come back to the religion to get forgiveness and to feel good about themselves. That's, that's the long answer to your short question. Yeah. From, and they have to get forgiveness from a bunch of other people who are pretending to be pure in those ways as well. Right. Which, you know, yeah. which is also part of the con and, and I think yeah. a despicable part of it as well. And we're seeing that with this whole Ashley Madison thing. Yes. I'm loving this. Yes. <laughs> when I was growing up, we had ministers all, we had eight different ministers in a 10 year time period get caught having affairs oh. when I was just when I was a teenager in those oh. years of my, my life. So I knew it was going on a whole lot of places. And when this Ashley Madison thing comes out and you see all these ministers, 400 ministers and elders or whatever they estimate are going to be resigning last week because of it. <laughs> I think I say to myself, yeah, but that's one one thousandth of the number of people or one ten thousandth of the number of people yeah. that are actually doing it. There's a lot of people out there. Right. Yeah. They're, they're just the ones that sign up for a website. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. right. They're not the ones that are dinging the, you know, hitting on the Sunday school teacher, yeah. <laughs> the, next, the one next door to them. <laughs> I mean, we had half a dozen elders in our church um, have affairs or in one way or the other have inappropriate behavior. And and here's the deal. None of that is illegal. You you mainly only hear about the illegal stuff. The, the minister who rapes, mm-hmm. you know, a girl in his congregation, you hear about that. You don't hear about the 30 ministers who had affairs with consenting someone consenting within his or her congregation. We don't have a clue how much is going on there. Well, we have a clue. We just don't have a specific statistic, but we yeah. know it's a hell of a lot more than than we've seen so far. Oh, yeah, and we, and we know for a fact that it's a whole lot more than we will sure. ever hear about, sure. right? I mean, statistically yeah. speaking, it happens a whole lot more often that people are having these, you know, somewhat illicit affairs or, or under the radar affairs because they don't want to be shamed and they don't want to be thrust yeah. out of the religion that they've been a member of for, for however long and, and judged for those actions mm-hmm. because right. they, they have this feeling that what they're doing is wrong. Yeah. I try to illustrate that uh, when I give my talks, I don't know if you've ever seen YouTube or seen me mm-hmm. give a talk. I, I almost always talk my talks with how many of you masturbate? Yeah. I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I do that. <laughs> well, it, and if it's a group of, of you know secularists, I'll get eighty percent of the people raising their hand. Now I don't know what the other twenty percent are people doing, but eighty percent are saying yes. <laughs> the other twenty uh, percent are lying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The other twenty percent are lying, or yeah. or or you know there there's people that just don't masturbate. I've come across people I genuinely know they just have never been interested, in, or at this time in their life they're not masturbating. You know they're. They're older and they don't have a sex drive. You know, there's reasons why people might not masturbate. 
But I did an experiment. I've done this a couple of times now. I don't get the opportunity very often, but I was in front of a group. Um, David Fitzgerald, you know, David, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. author. Love, love you know, David. Love, love, love the guy. He's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, he, he and I, I went through San Francisco and I spent the day with him and he got me. I don't know why they wanted me, but he, he let me come or some group asked me to come and speak to him. Well, it turned out to be a Christian evangelical group. You know, there's like 20 kids in there and, and their sponsors, four or five adult sponsors in the back of the room, and they want me to come talk. So I assume they know who I am. <laughs> well, I guess that was a wrong assumption. Because <laughs> oh, I start my talk off with them just the same way. I say, how many of you masturbate? Mm. I do. <laughs> not, not one hand went up. And I say, now that's interesting because if you were a bunch of atheists, almost everybody would. And I start talking about what the prohibitions of masturbation are, you know, in Christianity and especially evangelical Christianity. I, I probably talk about 10 minutes. I'm pushing the limits. I'm really doing this on purpose. <laughs> and pretty soon, I mean, I could see the people in the back, the adults, they're looking at each other and they're getting more and more and more concerned. And finally, one guy raised the hand and said, can we talk about something besides masturbation? <laughs> well, you don't masturbate, so I thought you might want to know about it. Right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sounds like Mormons. Yeah, anyway. I, I'm not evil too often, but that was just too good an opportunity. Oh, yeah. Now, you know darn good and well, all these people in that room, except the adults, were probably 17, 18 to oh. 20 years of age, and yeah. not one of them raised their hand. Yeah. There's a lot of shame there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of shame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well I know one of your uh favorite topics uh is discussing Mormons and sexuality. And we're here in Utah. Matt and I are both <laughs> former Mormons. Ryan oh, cool. Ryan is lucky enough to never have been a Mormon. Yes. Or or anything. <laughs> or anything, yeah. Ryan yeah. Congratulations, Ryan. You escaped the God virus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Ryan was raised in a secular household. Uh, I was baptized LDS, but basically stopped attending church shortly shortly uh, after being baptized. Uh, uh, Matt was a true believing Mormon until I was a big idiot and went all the way to the temple. <laughs> <laughs> but did you do a mission trip? No, I did not. I had a son at that time, so I wasn't allowed. Oh, interesting. Premarital sex. You? Oh my gosh! You really were a sinner. Yep, I was. <laughs> Congratulations. The sin seems to have helped you get out of the church. Yes, though. it actually did help. Yeah. And now I can have discussions with my 14 year old boy about how masturbation is totally normal and he doesn't need to feel bad about it at all. Oh, right. Right. Well, tell him to listen to my podcast. I, yes, on, I, I'll, I'll refer him. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and I can talk over to my podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and you, it, it would just, it, so it kind of tied in with what I was thinking a little bit. Um, you had mentioned that, you know, some people, that just some people don't masturbate, right? But right. that, that's a really big thing within the LDS church is that you're not supposed to masturbate, that it's really yeah, bad. Right. And, you know, a lot of that was propagated by, uh, former church, former church elder who is recently deceased, Boyd K. Packer. Yeah, Boyd K. Packer. I've yeah. got his. I actually reproduced a part of that pamphlet that he wrote in my book, The God Virus. I the mean, f- not God, Sex and God, right? Yeah, the yeah. the four young men only pamphlet. Yes, don't tamper with the factory. Yeah, don't tamper with it. You will hardly be aware that it's working at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's one of the that is one of the fucking craziest things I've ever read. <laughs> yeah. That really is. It is really crazy. Well, and and, and, and that guy, you know, that guy was jacking off somewhere. <laughs> Boyd K. Jacker. Uh. There you go. Well, yeah. you know, and he recently he recently passed away, and there were a lot of people who were like. You know, I don't miss him at all, and frankly, I'm fucking glad that he's dead. And and I I've kind of fallen into that camp just because mm-hmm. yeah. he damaged so many people yeah. uh, through yeah. the God virus and these and these ridiculous shaming beliefs that he had and told everybody else that they needed to have also. Yeah, right. Well, and and he's that 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 pamphlet is literally given to every twelve year old boy, and now they've started giving something to girls too. But that's mm. more recently. Every twelve. Really? And the bishops are the ones that have to sit down with the twelve-year-old boys. The Mitt Romneys, mm-hmm. you know, Mitt mm-hmm. Romney was bishop. He had to sit down with twelve-year-old boys and tell them not to masturbate. <laughs> Can you think of anything crazier? Uh, I would yeah. have to sit down with every twelve-year-old boy at my church and say, "Don't, don't masturbate." Well, and they they have to sit down with the young women also, right? I mean, they they all yeah, they speak do. with the bishop, which I've always thought was really really creepy. It is that yeah. that some untrained layman. I mean the the LDS church has has lay clergy right there's no special training yeah. there's no right. there's no formal education or anything they're just they're it's, called it's the, yeah they're calling yeah they serve a calling in the church and so you have these lay clergy people who are interviewing preteen and and early teen boys and girls talking about whether they touch themselves or have impure thoughts i've always just right. i've always thought that was really really creepy it is you know that uh, you've seen that video that came out from Brigham Young, produced by the president of Brigham Young University. And uh, was it? Montana? Is it the one with the uh, the the war scene? Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Wow, that had high production values. It did, but it was, <laughs> it was still creepy. It was really creepy. <laughs> well, it, it it actually gets a little bit even even worse than that because, um, you know, having having been someone who was engaged in premarital sex, um. And still active in the church means you have to have regular bishop meetings, mm. you know, to discuss that, talk about it, repent of it, you know, that whole deal. But <laughs> because the church has cer- specific prohibitions on certain sexual acts, you have to get a little bit specific about exactly what it is you're doing. And so does the female. Yeah. In, right. in yeah. a room by herself with the bishop about exactly yeah. which actions are being, are being, uh, are being, are, are made and which ones are not. So it's, yeah. Figure out exactly where you. So it's it's even creepier than you thought. Did you uh, you referred? To, I mean, you started this conversation with respect to Mormons. Have you seen heard the two interviews I did with the Mormon couples? No, I haven't. On were, my were podcast, on your podcast? I, I have two different interviews, uh, both with married um, ex Mormon couples. They're, they're all four of these people are atheists now, okay. but it's fascinating to hear them talk about you know wearing the magic underwear and all that sort oh, of stuff. Yeah. And going through all the stuff, and two of them, when you listen, if you listen to it, two of the, I think it's the first interview I did with, uh, can't remember their fake names. I never use real names, <laughs> uh, but they went, on, they met on mission. They met in, on mission in oh, Guatemala. Yeah. Okay, and then they came back and got married. And yeah, it, it it's just crazy to listen to them. But yeah, the Mormon, Mormons are, you know, I think. They were the Scientology of their age. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it cracks me up because here in Utah, 
you know, it's it's so full of Mormons. They're, they're, it's so densely packed. It's a target-rich environment of Mormons. And, you know, if you're, if you're not Mormon, you're generally Catholic or a non-believer. Or you're a former Mormon who is a, now a non-believer. Because it seems like most people, when they leave the LDS church, because it falls so much further along the crazy scale... That once you leave the LDS church, it's really easy to look at all of the other religions and go, well, they're just, they're crazy too. You know, I mean, I bought, I bought all of those religions plus a little bit more crazy (laughs) or a lot more crazy, I guess. And so, you Mm -hmm. know, if I, if I subtract off all of the lot more crazy, the rest of it is still just fucking crazy too. So a lot of them abandon that just as easily. Um, Well, it seems to me, and excuse me, um, I've been reading about, um, kind of the fake statistics of the Mormons and they of course they claim they're growing but the evidence looks like they really aren't they're, yeah they're, they're, their numbers are hugely inflated right yeah it's, it's all those dead people that they uh, baptize that they include <laughs> in their numbers <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep I think yeah, last- they have some pretty nasty characters I wouldn't want to have to be with those dead people oh boy <laughs> I mean, they baptized Hitler, I hear. Yeah, so a few times, yeah. I think. I think six times, yeah. Yeah, well, he needed a lot, I guess. Yeah, he, he needed a lot. <laughs> of, course, of course, it's all up to them in the spirit world to accept that or not, but, you know. Right. They've just given him more and more opportunities than everybody else. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, I There's there's two two things, I think, that really stood out to me in, in – your work and and one of them was we'll get to my favorite part in a minute uh but the interesting point that you made about why there are no women in the new testament and i thought that was such a fantastic uh and interesting uh question to to have i if you could elaborate on that a little bit yeah i i did my own research i've i've kind of had this wondering in my head for years where'd all the women go and they certainly aren't leaders and you know right. they have people like dorcas as mentioned here <laughs> in there <laughs> But uh, but there's nobody there. And Paul talks about Paul actually mentions some women that he's 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 praising and thanking for being such good um, helpers for him when he was in their particular town. I don't remember their names, but he names two or three of them. So it was clear that women were involved. And there's actually some there's some evidence that there was quite a bit of female involvement in Christianity real early on. Mm-hmm. So I was asking where where did they go? And I started doing my investigation and, you know, it slowly but surely it dawns on me. They were written out. Mm. Somebody edited them out. Why do you want to edit women out that were contributing? Why is Mary Magdalene's role changed and appears to have been changed? Certainly the Catholic Church changed her role. There's a lot of those kind of questions in there. And it dawned on me, wow, you got a patriarchal religion Mm. from the very beginning. Females are, as Paul says, women are, um, I've got a fly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to concentrate when you got a fly banging. I, I saw screen. it on the end of your microphone a little bit earlier, and I thought, oh, that might fuck things up in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Moth or something. I hope you can edit that out. <laughs> Probably just horny. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, let's not go there. <laughs> so I so I wrote the I was writing Sex and God in that particular chapter where I was writing about where the women go. And I wrote that piece. I thought, okay, I can't be the only person that's ever thought of this. 
So I sent it off to Richard Carrier because I figured I've got a lot of respect for Richard Carrier and what he's done. And he's, of course, the expert in this area. Mm-hmm. And Richard reads it. And he basically says, wow, okay, I never thought of that either. <laughs> yeah. thinking, okay. He says, but but you're right. Somewhere between like 60 AD uh, and, I mean, I, and probably 125 or a little later, somebody went in and just edited out all the women. Because the women were getting too uppity, and they were starting to demand a role. And but if you've got if you got this myth that women are born impure, and they're the they're the tempters, and the original sin concept of you're you're born broken to begin with, then you can't have the broken people leading the movement. And and really, if you if you look at the way the Old Testament treats women and the way the patriarchal Judaism treats women, they're always second-class citizens. Well, here you have a play for women to be first-class citizens, equal citizens to men, and you can't have that. Right, right. And there's some evidence, according to Richard Carrier, that, that women were equal to men for a short period of time in some churches uh, as, the, as the church is growing. Well, they got shut down pretty fast after not too long. So, yeah, it's really cool when you realize – What's going on here that you can't have women leaders? And then, of course, you've got the forged Timothys, uh, you know, parts in Timothy that said women should keep, you know, keep their mouths shut in church. And that's probably, I think that's one of the forgeries. Well, that's because a misogynistic person is coming back in 100 AD and editing or adding letters to whatever Paul wrote. Now, maybe even earlier than that, probably was earlier. I am not an expert in this area. I know enough to be dangerous, but I also know enough to check it out with people who are experts like yeah, Richard Carrier. Sure, sure. And, and I did. So I, I think you're, thanks for asking that question. It's something we never think about. Right. Why did the, why did the women disappear from the New Testament? Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's why I thought it was so fascinating. And, 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 you know, when you I know, first when heard I, that question posed, I was, I had the same, you know, the same kind of reaction Dr. Carrier had. Yes. What? Of course, they must have been a part of that that movement. Yeah. I mean, they're they're a part of all of our lives all the time now. Right. I mean, that, right. why would that be any different? Of course, they. Where are they? And so, and let's take the next step because it, yes. once you once you identify that sex is evil and it's dirty and it's filthy and it's it's of the devil, which is what they believe, and the evangelicals mm-hmm. still believe it. The Judge Duggars yep. certainly do. Oh well, Paul and, was all about that. Right. Yeah. Then to have a baby means you had sex. To have uh, sex means you are unclean. Mm-hmm. And women are unclean. Well, Mary had sex only with the Holy Spirit. Yes. Mary never had sex, so she could stay pure. Every other woman on this planet is is tainted by this original sin. Right. The interesting thing is women women can't have babies in the Bible. No women can be a leader that had a baby because she obviously had sex. Now, you can be a saint in the Catholic Church, for example. A lot of saints were virgins, died virgins, you know, that sort of stuff. They, they, you know, magnify the virgins in their, in that particular religion. Every time, oh, the other side of that coin, and we haven't got to that yet either, is that if, if there were other, if there were children, then there were also grandchildren. And those would have been descendants of the apostles. Well, you, you really have to be careful. As the Mormons found out the hard way, if the if the apostles um, have children, then they're going to be looked at as something higher and better. 
And so you have to put keep those under control. The Mormons couldn't get Joseph Smith Jr. under control, so they had a split. Yes. The, the, the Muslims had the same problem. Muhammad's kids said, we're the leaders, and the imams, the spiritual people, said, no, we're the leaders, and you have a split between Sunni and Shia. It just happens every time. So you have to be very careful about the genetic descendants. So if, for example, if Jesus had kids, which he, if, if he existed, he probably did have kids. Mm. I mean, those kids were edited out. Mm-hmm. Right. So the kids and grandkids, it's not just the women, it's the kids and grandkids. Where's the, where's the grandkid of Paul? You, you, right. you do not call somebody a rabbi in the first century CE unless they're married and probably have kids. Hmm. Period. Hmm. Any, anybody that says anything different doesn't know what they're talking about. How, how many gay rabbis were there out there that weren't married and didn't have kids? Right. It just, it just doesn't compute. Now I've heard Christians say, well, they were Essenes and Essenes were celibate. Bullshit. That's not <laughs> what Jesus said. Jesus did not claim he was a Essene. Nobody's proven he was an Essene. And none of these 12 guys following him around. Some yeah, of them yeah. were married. We know at least two of them were probably married. Now, the rest were gay, but two of them were married. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just really, this this stuff really just blows my mind yeah. that nobody's looked at it. And Yeah, that's something that has never crossed my mind at all. Yeah, yeah. it's fascinating. I mean, and the only other option you left open there was celibacy, which you've already been very clear about in your works, that that's not a fucking option for sexual human beings. So that's <laughs> <No>. right out. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Twelve celibate guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know that when they say they're married, when people say, we know Peter was married and uh, one other apostle, I can't remember. We know for sure, but probably all twelve of them were married because how do you, how are you anything over twenty years of age as a male practically in that environment and not be married? It was it was a requirement to get married and have children, and and the fact that nobody says who was married tells us somebody was editing that part out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a really suspicious silence, right? That, mm-hmm. that none of that is discussed at all among any of the apostles. Yeah. Right. No, mm-hmm. no. Now I've asked my, uh, I used to have two friends that were pretty big on one. Well, one was a professor at a major theological school in Chicago. Uh, we aren't friends anymore. When the God virus came out, he suddenly stopped talking to me. Hmm. Uh, but <laughs> wonder why that. But was. I could ask. No. I could ask him that question and said, "Well, it was just a patriarchal society, and women weren't, you know, women weren't valued or anything." Well, I said, "But yeah, but women weren't valued, but their children and grandchildren were." Yeah, yeah absolutely. And Muhammad's children were valued. I mean, um, Fatima is still seen as a, a saint among. Hmm. Among Muslims, well, yeah, and and particularly the and particularly the male children would have been valued, right? I mean, unless you unless somebody so wants to try to make the argument that all of the apostles, sure, they may have been married, but they only had female children, and right. so it doesn't matter. That right. that seems that right. seems really weird too, right? And here's another interesting thing: if you look at the writings of the uh, Antonicene fathers, that were your your listeners may not know who that is, but there was a it was a group of writers, uh, Oregon and Tertullian who was writing between the, the end of the death of the last first Christian group and uh, up to about two, I think 220 CE. So there, there's a lot of writing in that area. And, and some of the strongest writing the Catholic church points back to, uh, Oregon and Tertullian are two of the, Tertullian is thought of the 
as the father of the Latin church, period. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't be a Catholic expert and not know a bunch about that guy. He's yeah. just very important to him. But you can read all these people, not one of them mention any of the descendants of anybody. What's going on? That just is mind boggling. There could be no descendants written, not, I'm not even talking about in the Bible. There's lots and lots of writing about stuff that's not in the Bible. Why wouldn't they talk about the descendants there? Again, they got edited out. Hmm. I've actually never even yeah. thought about that, and that's got my yeah, brain working a million miles I, an hour I thought, right now. I thought that was such an interesting <laughs> yeah. point to bring up, and that's why I wanted to highlight that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought it was fascinating. Now I have to go do a whole bunch of more research, but <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll that's have good. to. That's always good. That's we'll always have good. to dive into that a little bit more in a future episode for sure, because that honestly, yeah. that's never crossed yeah, my mind where, either. Where yeah. are the ladies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Well, the, it's not just the ladies; it's the children and the, the grandchildren yeah. too, yeah. right? And well, yeah. and even even Muhammad's wife, you know, is mentioned by name, right? And yeah. you, it's it's very hard to find a, a more misogynistic culture, right, than Islam, uh, and, <laughs> right. and even that's but they mentioned. don't say sex is dirty and filthy and you'll die <clears throat> because you engage in it. Whereas the early Christians did. Well, okay, yes, fair, fair. Huge difference in the right. way they viewed sex, sexuality, right? Muhammad was giving people lessons on how to have sex. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and the guys, he wasn't giving the gals any, but he was sure giving the guys. Sure, yeah, yeah. Really, I didn't, I didn't know that at all. What, what do you mean? He, is that in the? Oh, there's a lot in the, there's a lot in Hadith and in the Quran about how to have sex with a woman, when to have sex with a woman, what's permitted, what's not permitted. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff, and he was very, he was very positive about having lots of sex. There's no problem there. Muhammad had no trouble talking about sex. But you don't touch a woman, and you don't let her touch you when she's on her period. No, no, stuff no. Like no. Yeah. Yeah. So he still had that kind of misogynistic mm. bullshit. Hmm. Well, you had shall, something else you were going to say, man. Yeah, I wanted to move to to my favorite part, um, the the masturbating master. This <laughs> kind of ties in a little bit. And I just – I love the idea of a perfect savior reaching up his Iron Age dress to – Give himself a little shepherd's pie with his holy hands. <laughs> those are your those are your words. Those are my mine. words. Not those are not the words of Doctor Red. No, um, <laughs> but I mean it makes total sense. I mean if 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 all males are sexual males are taking themselves out to dinner, then he he would be the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In fact, he would be extremely unusual if he weren't masturbating and let's assume that he was asexual because i think that's a possibility first of all <laughs> i'm not sure he existed but if he existed yes of course <laughs> if he existed he could have been one of the 1% of the population that has no sex drive and so he never masturbated that's all that, that's entirely possible highly unlikely so but why is somebody who never doesn't have a sex drive never masturbated never had sex what gives him the authority to tell us anything mm. Well, he's got a god. He's got a god complex, obviously. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and a friend, a psychologist friend of mine, uh, is fond of saying, if if you talk to God, you're religious. If God talks to you, you're psychotic. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a lot of evidence that people like this Jesus character probably had some, uh, probably was schizoid. There was probably yeah. something there. I don't know if you've heard or under know about. The difference between schizophrenia and schiz and a schizoid. I uh, I I I'm I'm only aware on the level that there are some schizoaffective disorders that can be classified with delusions of grandeur, which is maybe more of 
along this line that yeah. aren't necessarily schizophrenic per se. Maybe yeah, I'm right. totally wrong. No, no, you're oh, right. Okay, on there. Yeah, you're very accurate in many ways. But the this it's like the this you know the schizophrenic person is is generally not in control. But a schizoid person can look pretty normal and sound pretty normal. And there's actually some interesting uh, anthropological writing and evidence that in some cultures, schizoid people, schizo- if you think about schizoid, it's kind of halfway between being, you know, not having this problem at all, being mentally all there, and a schizophrenic person who's out of control and, and can't control the voices in his in her, her his or her head. It's almost always male, by the way. Schizophrenia is yeah. much more a male issue than a female issue. But if you think of somebody halfway in between, somebody who can act normal but still hears voices, that, those people were shuffled into a a priestly role in many cultures. It's it it appears that's what's gone on in other cultures. So you get these people who I hear the voice of God and I can talk to you like a normal human being. Right. That, that could be very powerful in in a culture that believes that God can talk to mm-hmm. you. And that may have been what this guy Jesus was doing. Certainly there were many people out there. I mean, you got these Isaiah and, and Josiah, yeah. you got all these other Joseph prophets. Smith, what Joseph, <laughs> Joseph Smith. Smith. Yeah. John, yeah, of, well, he John was just a con artist is what he was. Yeah. yeah he was, he was, I, he seems like more of just like a socio or psychopath. Yes. I, I yeah, think so. But yeah. so what, what about, I mean, not to delve too deeply into the, <laughs> to the, uh, psychology of this stuff, but I mean, doesn't, doesn't, it, aren't schizo, uh, disorders, don't, don't they usually manifest a, in males mid to late twenties or is, am I totally off on that? Yeah. I mean, cause yeah, Jesus died at 33, but I guess we don't know much about him before then really. We don't know anything about him. Yeah. We don't him. know yeah. anything about him before then. Yeah. So yeah. It, yeah. They start manifesting. I mean, it, it can come even earlier. I, I don't know. There's, I don't want to get off into that. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot of, I'm I'm not an expert in that area. I would be talking off the okay. top of my head about stuff I don't really know much yeah, about. That's what I do all the time. It was so- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I studied it back in graduate school, but I haven't done yeah. that <laughs> nearly as much. Yeah. So, but you were asking what what were you asking about the masturbation master? Oh yeah, no, I just um I think I think we mostly covered it. I mean, certainly okay. unless he was asexual, which seemed very unlikely or Right. um but didn't exist at all, which is kind of more where I fall in line. Right. Um, right. Then, you know, if he was if he was a normal sexual male, then it's as as far as you're concerned, it's almost a certainty that he would have been a masturbating mm-hmm. man. Right. Which right. which is completely counter to any Christian. I mean, it doesn't matter which one you pick. I ask Christians all the time, and they just their their mouths drop open. They have no. <laughs> right. You you ask yeah, them if Jesus masturbated. This. Yeah, I, I would so send your send your <laughs> listeners to a video. You can just YouTube it. Uh, go go to YouTube and just Google "Did Jesus Masturbate?" Yes, it's a talk I, I've given several times around the country. It's very popular talk. <laughs> 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 but I just asked a stupid question: Did he masturbate? Now, have you ever heard anybody ask that question before? No, I I think it's brilliant. <laughs> I, I, love I, it. I haven't either. <laughs> yeah, it's so engaging too because. No matter which side of it you're on, you you want to know the answer to that. Well, you, know, you kind of yeah. feel like you have to speak up too, right? Like if you're going to defend JC, you're like, no, of course not. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But I mean, it just seems it just seems almost, uh, you know. And I 
I, I think there's some remnants of religion still in there in the fact that we've never even considered the the question yeah, where are the women yeah, did I jesus think, jack off you know i think i, mean, I think it questions. just i think it just stabs at the very heart of yeah. a religious sacrilege yeah. right i yes, mean it's, it's perfect yeah. it's it's like the bullseye yeah we'll yeah. throw a link up to uh to this episode yeah. to those talks that you gave about yeah. that um yeah. and also to your podcast and we want to talk a little bit about um Recovering and secular therapy, the Hotline Project. Sure. Um, we'll yeah. we get through well, all that. Before stuff Before we there. get off onto that, I just like to kind of finish up the discussion yes. about um, the masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the reason I try to come up, I mean, I my theory is that the weak spot of religion is sex and sexuality. That's the weak spot, and if we can attack them at that at that level and show the uh, the absurdity of their own position. That's why I asked those Christian kids, do you masturbate? Mm-hmm. I, I knew they weren't going to raise their hand, mm. but I did know. I said, here, you know, I'm a 65 year old guy and I masturbate and I'm raising my hand and nobody else in the room is raising their hand. Well, David Fitzgerald was in there. So he was raising <laughs> his hand too. <laughs> uh, waving his arms. <laughs> yeah, of course. Both hands. Yeah, He's of course. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the European grip and everything. <laughs> <laughs> All I wanted to do is plant this seed in their mind that, okay, that's, it's perfectly normal to masturbate. And yet everybody in this room is ashamed to talk about it. And the people and the, the sponsors in the back are about to shit their pants <laughs> about this. I just, I just wanted to get that out there. Yeah. And the, every, so in my work, I try to kind of find the angle that nobody's thought about. Did Jesus masturbate? What happened to the women, grandchildren, and children in, in the Bible? If I can find those angles that nobody's thought about, because the Christians certainly haven't thought about them. Right. And I think you're right, Matt. We haven't thought about them either because we're still infected with this religious bullshit. We haven't – we need to get out of this religious box. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's so important for us to be very open about our sexuality. And I'm about as open as I can possibly yeah. be. Anybody <laughs> can be. And, and it's intentional. I mean – some people say I talk about masturbation too much. I don't think so because I'm the first sex partner I ever had. I may be the last sex partner. So how can you talk about something like that? And if you don't love yourself, who are you going to love? You know? right. Right. So you put all those things together and, and that just goes in the face of religious sexuality. Yeah. And that's why I call my podcast the Secular Sexuality Podcast. Yes. Because I'm into secular, I'm not a Catholic sexual, I'm not a Mormon sexual, I'm not a Muslim sexual, I'm a, I'm a secular sexual. Mm. And what does that mean? It's so fun to explore this and challenge people. You, I probably get on average one to three emails a day from people saying, wow, I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been guilty. I'm an atheist. I've been an atheist for 30 years and I still feel guilty about masturbating. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. You're, obviously, you're still infected with some crazy God virus ideas. Yeah. 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 All right. I think that's beautiful. Now, well, enough so, said on that. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. So uh, a little bit about your, your credentials and just kind of what led you into making this your speciality. You know, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've heard you talk about your, your grandmother. And, and slapping away, <laughs> slapping away the hand of, I believe it was your brother when, when well, she was changing your brother. Yeah. 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 So yeah. what, what was it that led you to, to make this your speciality? 
uh, I specialized in this beginning at the age of 12 years old when I was got real interested in sex and I wanted to ask my, and I asked my mom all sorts of questions that she got tired of having to answer. <laughs> so she took me to the library. I wrote about this in Sex and God, actually. She took me to the library and she checked every book out that I couldn't check out. Back then, if you weren't an adult, <laughs> you couldn't check these certain books out, you know? Uh-huh. So here I get all these books. I bring them home and I'm just, just, I'm a, even at that age, I was a pretty good reader. And I'm just consuming these things. And by the end of about a week, I've read about everything she's we brought home. And I realized there's nothing in here. They're not telling me diddly squat. <laughs> just when they get to the good stuff, they say, talk to your priest or minister. About that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so at that point, I realized something's wrong here. But my mom was fairly sex positive um, for, for being in a fundamentalist. She walked in my bedroom one day and caught me masturbating. And uh, she sat down on my bed and she says, it's all right. I was, you know, I was about ready to cry. I was really <laughs> upset. And she sits on my bed and she says, it's okay. You won't do it when you get married. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that didn't turn out to be true either. But, <laughs> but she was, that was pretty sex positive for somebody in 1962. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I just have always been interested in sex. And then. I went in, um, I got my undergraduate in anthropology and sociology. And I, I still, I was just looking at the other day. I've still got this paper. I wrote it in my junior thesis. It, I went to Fringe University, a nice little Quaker college. <laughs> um, just think the acronym, Friend for Fringe University. F U. <laughs> right. And then if you add Fringe University of, you had Fringe University of Central Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It sounds completely appropriate uh, for you, Dr. Yeah, right. And you know, I got to say this. I got a great education there, but it was a very liberal school. Since I left, it's become a fucking evangelical stronghold. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is terrible to see my alma mater become as, oh, yeah. as religious as it is. But anyway, I wrote this paper on the Havasupai Indians mm-hmm. who live in the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. I even spent a whole week, my then new wife and I went down there and spent our honeymoon. <laughs> Sounds crazy. Spending a honeymoon at the bottom of the Grand Sounds Canyon awesome. studying Indians. But that's what I did when I was uh, a junior. And the thing I learned was, wow, their sex lives are really different than ours. <laughs> and the female seems to run the show down, I mean, in this tribal culture. And the main thing that's changed is Christianity came in and told them that was wrong. So, yeah, that that part of it's changed. But that really got me thinking, well, why is Christian sex so different than Havasupai sex? And Havasupais had their own kind of uh, tribal religion. I won't go into all that. I'd give a whole <laughs> talk on that, too, but it's not on YouTube. Anyway, so it just, it just Dan, I just got so fascinated with it. And then I, I decided I was going to be a minister. I went, I became, I got my master's degree at Scarrett College for Christian Workers in Nashville, Tennessee, and during that time I was there, I got hit on by more gay guys than I <laughs> I couldn't believe there was that many gay people in a seminary. I was raised in Wichita, Kansas, really conservative area, and I go to Nashville, Tennessee, and half of the males on that seminary are gay, and they're hitting on me. Well, I didn't know what to do. I, I'd never met a gay guy before in my life. That I knew of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so again, I'm being challenged here. 
here's Christian guys. They're going to be mostly youth ministers and they're all gay and they're hitting on me. And I mean, all this just it starts messing with your head. You realize everything you were taught is just crazy. Now, we'll say at that time, Scarrett College was an extremely liberal seminary, extremely liberal. It was right across the street from Vanderbilt Divinity School, mm-hmm. which is also extremely liberal. So, you know, I should have known. I mean, I could have known, but I, I didn't. I was too naive at that time. <laughs> but then I went into psychology and I'd studied Albert Ellis. I don't know if you've ever heard of Albert Ellis, but he was one of the, he's probably the second best greatest sex, sex therapist of the 20th century and probably the number one psychotherapist of the 20th century. I'm sure so it was I, a relative of mine that I'm, I'm positive. <laughs> <laughs> he was an amazing guy to study with and he's challenged you so much. You, you had to be careful because this guy just rip, rip you to shreds. You know how illogical and irrational you can be. And he would really tear you apart, but he'd also put you back together. One thing he really challenged me about was masturbation and sex. And I'm married, and I'm in a marriage that's not very sexual and that sort of stuff. So I wasn't too happy around that part of it. He just changed my mind. And from then on, I've been real interested in human sexuality. But more importantly, I've always been interested in religion. Now, so you get this intersection of religion and sexuality. And I start researching that, Dan, and... I find nobody's ever written a book on religion and sex, hmm. except the Christians. Christians write <laughs> you, lots you, of yeah. books on sure. sex. But they're all Christian sex. They're Mormon sex. They're Baptist sex. They're not human sexuality. There's nothing <laughs> signed up. <laughs> it's all so prohibitions. Start, yeah. yeah, they're all prohibitions. So I said, I'm going to write a book uh, that shows how religion impacts sexuality. And I, I was just shocked that nobody had ever written a book like that. Yeah. And the fact is, it's obvious I was in the nose on your face that religion impacts sexuality. Sure. Why the hell has no one written a book about this before? Well, because of the God virus. Exactly. Blinds <laughs> you to the obvious, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> God virus. It's, to the obvious. It sure does, yeah. Yeah. It sure does. So the fact that you guys are saying, I hadn't thought of this, I hadn't thought of that before – just warms my heart. Oh, good. Because some of your listeners will be saying the same thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah Definitely. For sure. Um, yeah. I want to challenge people to rethink the stuff. My big goal in life is to get atheists to rethink how much they really are infected with the God virus, even though they've been atheists for years. Right. Right. I think. Well, and, and even people like Ryan, who grew up in a secular household. I mean, he's he's never yeah. been infected with the God yeah. virus necessarily. I mean, at least not directly, yeah, not, but he yeah. still suffers from from the ancillary effects of it. Uh, not even and considering so some of those things. Yeah. Right. Right. And and atheist children are being uh, affected by it too, because if you think that that atheist kid goes to school with a bunch of Christians mm-hmm. who are going to tell him masturbation is wrong. Yeah. Or tell her masturbation is wrong or premarital sex is wrong or be forced to go to an abstinence only course in their school district. I mean, all those things are religion imposing their crazy sexual standards on the rest of us. You and, know, I remember and, being in junior high and having, having conversations with my friends where it's like, Oh, I'll bet you were jacking off last night. And it was like, supposed to tease and make fun of these people and at the yeah. time i didn't even have a fucking clue what they were talking about you know what i mean <laughs> like like yeah like seventh grade talking about oh well you were probably jacking off last night and everybody's like ha 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 and i'm like yeah i'll bet he was jacking off last night i don't know what the fuck that means but i'll bet he was doing it and it's bad huh. well what you just described is what i call male shaming 
Yes. And I would, again, I'd send your um, listeners to see my talk on male shame or read my article. I wrote, I published an article last year uh, in American Atheist magazine because what's happening in that locker room is males are trying to shame other males and they use misogynistic concepts. That's where people learn misogyny is in the locker room. Usually when they're, I mean, that's one of the main places. And I, I try to document in that talk, um, on male shame, how, even we atheists are are programmed in misogynistic ways, or about you know to be misogynistic, and we don't even know it. So yeah, well, I do want to make sure before we get out of here mm-hmm. to talk a little bit about uh, some some pet things that I'm interested in. Is it okay to oh, jump into recovery? Absolutely, please, please do. do go for it. Okay, well, um, my my colleague and our executive director, I I started a. An organization your listeners may be aware of, Recovering from Religion. Fantastic organization. Yes. Yeah, in 2009. And a couple of years later, we got Sarah Moorhead uh, as our executive director. And that woman knows how to kick butt. She yes. is. I love Sarah. Yeah. She's, yeah. I don't think, Including I don't mine think, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I love Sarah. I think she does a fantastic job. And I, and I think she's doing a great job for, I mean, everything she touched just kind of turns to gold. She has the Midas touch. She she does. She knows how to organize. She knows to put people together. She's good at understanding what people need. Um, so anyway, we started recovery from religion, and that's having huge. We're in we're like uh, we're in three continents now, in five different countries, and got programs going on around. And it, we're we're all volunteer. We don't nobody. We we would like to have this change, but nobody gets paid yeah. a dime. Until this week. <laughs> and Neil Carter, we brought Neil Carter on. We did a, a GoFundMe thing and we got Neil enough money to survive for like three months while he comes on board and really starts trying to help recover from religion, get its financial feet on the ground. Because awesome. we've just run off of a dime. Yeah, and Neil, for, Neil is also fantastic. I, I contributed to that. That was, Good. I think that's a great Good. idea. Thank you. Thank you. So Neil's going to be on board. It's going to allow us to do a lot more things to have a paid staff. I mean, how long can you ask people like Sarah Moorhead to work for free? And she's yeah. been doing it for like four years now. And the woman is putting 40, 50, 60 hours in. She puts more hours in than most of us do in our regular jobs. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's not the only thing she does either. I mean, she's she's also helping to organize the Reason Rally. I mean, yeah. she, she's, she's, she's all over the place. Apost- yeah. She's president of ApostaCon. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it's going to happen in Dallas here in a couple of weeks. I'll be at ApostaCon if anybody's going to be there. Yay. Um, and while I'm at ApostaCon, I'm actually going to look for a few people to talk to and interview for my own podcast. So if anybody's got a cool or interesting story they want to tell me, let me know and I'll, we'll talk about interviewing them all in there. But anyway, uh, back to, <laughs> we get off topic here. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, <laughs> After RR came out, I get I started getting people saying I need help. I need more than just a meeting once a month uh, to talk to people. I need a psychologist, but I can't find one because all of them are religious, or they keep sending back to church or want to pray with me or you know stuff like that. So uh, that inspired me to start the Secular Therapy Project, which I really, if you or somebody you know needs good psychotherapy or counseling, go to seculartherapy.org. And there you can find, we have 240 guaranteed, certified secular therapists there. And they, you can probably find one close to you. And if you can't, you might be able to find one that'll do Skype, um, long, long distance kind of counseling. But anyway, 
if you can't find a, I mean, if you can't find a secular counselor, look look at our place. And look look at yeah. our website. I, I think I, that's an amazing service. Yeah, I, I've I, I've had several people contact me who have said, you know, I've I I'm having a hard time leaving religion behind. You know, I'm I'm yeah. arguing with my family, with my friends, with my children. I I tried to go to a therapist to seek help from them, and all they want to do is tell me to go back to church and repent, yeah. and that I'm I'm doing these bad and horrible things. Where can yeah. I go for help with this? I think the secular therapy, the, the secular therapy, therapy. Jesus Christ, sorry, <laughs> the secular therapy project is amazing. I, I yeah. love this concept. I, I think yeah. it is going to help so many people and has helped so many people. Yeah. Oh, it has. We have yeah. we have uh, sixty five hundred people on our client list. That's amazing. Sixty five hundred wow. people wow. looking for therapists among our two hundred and forty. So yeah, and it grows. Uh, it grows too fast. I mean, we are actually yeah. growing. Uh, we're outgrowing our our therapist base. We, we're getting more clients than our therapists than we are getting therapists. Sure so, not. if there's any therapists listening here that are in your secular, go mm-hmm. register, and you will and be we, checked. We, <laughs> yes, huh? I was just saying you you will be checked if you try to oh, apply. Yeah, there's four, there's four of us. Uh, we're all atheists therapists, and you have to pass muster with all four of us. Yeah. You have to convince us you one of two you have to convince us two things. Number one, you're secular and two, you used evidence based psychotherapy Very methods. Good. I've always no I've always I've yeah. always thought it was it was strange and, and damaging and dangerous that there are so many therapists out there who are not secular and who, yeah. who and who are so infected with the God virus that yeah. they try to shame other people into believing whatever or, or, in, or into holding whatever religious beliefs that the therapist has, which seems like this huge contradiction to me and the, and a, and, a, and a conflict of interest that they well, shouldn't the be injecting those beliefs into the into their clients, you know. The reason that's happening is because so many therapists are being produced by religious institutions. Years ago, there weren't that many religious institutions producing social workers and PhD psychologists and master's level therapists. Now there are. You can get a PhD from Regents University in in clinical psychology. Mm. And that's crazy because one year of that PhD has to be spent studying Pat Robertson theology. Theology that says God can't. Since hurricanes because of gays. Right. It's just crazy. But there are so many. And marriage and family counselor is absolutely rife with all sorts of religious people. The The churches are really sponsoring a lot of people and, you know, paying, getting people certified as marriage and family counselors. And because they can, they can practice right outside, right in the church. Mm-hmm. So you can go get your marriage and family counseling right in your home church. Well, it's pretty clear you're not going to get good secular therapy there. You're going to get something <laughs> yeah. else. But the, the next thing I wanted to mention about sec, uh, the recovery from religion is this new initiative that just uh, went up on, in just this past April, the Hotline Project. Mm-hmm. And it's it's to serve people who need just to talk to somebody. You may live in Missoula, Montana. There's no recovering from religion group close to you. Right. So where do you go? You can pick up the phone and call Recovering from religion hotline and talk to a real life person who's really well trained and supervised and certified by us. We have 180 volunteers answering phones, uh, 24 hours a day on the weekends and every evening. So we'd like to make it 24 hours a day every day, but we don't have the resources for that yet. But I'm just saying, if you, if you're in a crisis, faith crisis and you don't know what to do, and you want a neutral party, 
call us at uh, at the Recovering from Religion hotline. And I say neutral party because we train people, you are not here to deconvert anyone or to convert anyone. That's not your job. Your job is just to listen. If somebody says, I still have faith in God, but I, I got to leave my family because they're all nuts, really <laughs> fundamentalist or something, we'll say, well, take a look at the Unitarian Church or the United Church of Christ. or right. We'll send people to places. We're not here to tell you to leave church. We're here to help you find what works for you. Yeah, we're secular, and we're not bullshitting you on that, but we want to help you get what you need. So, yeah, the Hotline Project uh, 844, I doubt it. I, I Okay, I'm, I got the – maybe you could put the number up. I think that's, uh, I think that's correct, but we'll be sure to post we'll, yeah, it we'll in, be, the, we'll in the show sure notes to do that. Yeah. Yeah, don't take my word for it. I could be wrong. <laughs> but I know the I doubt it part's right. <laughs> yeah. So those are the those are the two key things. And, of course, I'd uh, see if you ask your listeners to look up my books, The yeah, God Virus yeah. and Sex and God. And, uh, go, absolutely. Go buy them. Don't just look them up. Go buy the books, The God Virus and Sex, uh, Sex and God. I actually we- have both of them sitting on my nightstand in my bedroom right now. Well, good. Have yeah, you read them? Fantastic. <laughs> I I am halfway. I I've read all of the God Virus, and I'm halfway through the other one. Okay, great, great. Well, Matt, you obviously had read them. You were asking all the <laughs> right questions. Well, <laughs> thanks. I he's our researcher. Just, yeah, I'm, it's kind of my role here, but all right, it's good. been such a pleasure to to have you on, and I just I appreciate the time we've been able to spend with you. And so, yeah, my pleasure. I appreciate it. I I enjoy talking to you guys. You're you came well prepared. That's okay. always nice. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Uh, Dr. Daryl Rayo, thank you very much. And uh, we've, we have we could probably throw together another hour-long episode just on shame, I think. Just, <laughs> yeah. Will you give me? We touched uh, Let me know. I'll that. be happy to talk again. Well, great. Right. Thank you very much. Fantastic. All thank right. you so right. much for your time, Dr. Daryl Ray. I really, really yeah. appreciate it. All right. All right. Talk again sometime, guys. Bye-bye. Yeah. All, right. All right. Thanks right. a lot. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Dan's still recovering. <laughs> and we're back. You missed right. We're back. Talking. I know. Why Why would you do that during our moment of silence? I, I don't think my singing was that great to begin There's with. our moment of silence. <laughs> I've been I've been watching Late Miz quite a bit lately. <laughs> Is that what that's from? <laughs> so you feel no. like you have to sing everything you say? The, yes, I like the I old do, version. Dan. I like the old version with <laughs> Liam Neeson. I thought that was fucking awesome. The new movie, like. I don't know. Every I, fucking line is saying it really, really bothers me. I although I do think No no. No no. <laughs> Shut I up. Fucking hate Les Mis, dude. Les Mis I is awesome. I hate that show. Dude, what's that play, what's the name of musical, the what's the name that, of the female actress uh, in that? Uh, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Oh, I cried. I cried during her part when yeah, she, she was singing. really good. She was fucking amazing. She was the only that. one that was good. Yeah. She yeah, Russell Crowe didn't oh, sing very man. well. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, Hugh Jackman Hugh did Jackman better than did better than Russell Crowe, but either uh, way, I still I still prefer the old Liam Neeson version. The only reason why I, I I thought the Liam Neeson version seemed slow. Did you? I did. Dude, it's like a four day fucking film, man. It, Play. It's, it's kind of long. Well, not that. I mean, just like I, I think I like the newer one because it's more visually striking. 
Well, like, it had more. It, was, it had a waterfall and, and tons of <laughs> yeah. money thrown at it. But know? even I've seen the actual stage performance where they have the whole rotating stage where they're building the walls and stuff and having the battle going on. I'm like this, that's badass. Like even on stage, it's an like incredible a, like thing. Like a theater in the round kind of thing. Well, no, the the actual stage itself would rotate. Yeah. So you can see the uh, rebellion fighting on one side, and you can see the soldiers fighting on the other. So it actually will rotate, so you can see both sides. Here's our mm. moment of silence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking. <laughs> Why was that I don't not think, recorded? I don't man. think I've ever heard Ryan sing before. Though. B roll. <laughs> Damn. I'm not. I'm not really a very good singer. So I, no, I think I you did. I, I think you, at least as well as Russell Crowe right there. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, for sure. That. <laughs> well, you also had headphones on to muffle it a little bit. <laughs> so, what do we got going on for tonight's show? <sighs> well, we just got done with our interview with Daryl Ray, who which was, was awesome. Actually, are we going to want to put that there? We already said we were. Oh yeah, you. That's true. Now you got to cut this. <laughs> Well, but it, there's our moment of silence. <laughs> but it, now I'm all confused. No, no, no. You're, you're good. You're, the, I, no, you're good. You're, okay. you're straight. I I'll fucked forget. up. I got it. All right. Yeah. We're good. Um, this is kind of a longer one because we have a lot of shit to catch up on because we lost last week's episode. I'm <sighs> so disappointed. But not on the purpose. Jesus HIV Christ uh, joins Don Cheeto. I know. Yes, the graveyard of revolution. In, in the abyss episodes. of non-hearing. Graveyard of fucking up SD cards. So uh. I, I'm going to try to fly through this. I try to delete all the, the less relevant information out of this. Uh, person with the forced... Jesus Christ. Foreskin? (laughs) Person with the foreskin. Person with the fourth least original name behind Matt Mitchell, Dan Ellis, and Ryan Duffy, County Clerk (laughs) Kim Davis, has again refused to issue marriage licenses, licenses to gay couples, this time in defiance of a U.S. Supreme Court ruling against her, specifically. On Tuesday morning, blah, 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 denied licenses. Uh, She hung out in her room and she claimed that she was continuing to deny licenses under god's authority quote yeah was that was that a u.s scotus or a kentucky scotus that um, was the support well, well not it wouldn't be scotus for kentucky was it a scotus decision or a kentucky supreme court decision the u.s supreme court on yeah. monday declined okay. to okay. intervene in the case leaving davis no legal grounds to refuse to grant licenses to gay couples a district judge could now hold her in contempt which may carry steep fines or jail time and i would just like to know straight out of options <laughs> <laughs> nice uh i would Sorry. i would <laughs> well because she was in the sixth district court and she had already yes. exercised all of her appeals yeah, to the yeah, sixth yeah. District right. court, so automatically right. it, then she's allowed to go up to the supreme court and the right. Supreme court said no bad shit this again crazy right. lady yeah. you you know yeah. you've already this has already been ruled on by us and two other courts so we're not gonna even yeah. hear it but i just want to point out though at this point that she the district judge could now hold her in contempt which could carry steep fines or jail time and i want i want to point out that the gay the gay couples who have been denied some of them up to five times by her yes. have said Please don't give her jail time. Yeah, they've specifically requested no jail time at all, which I think is fines, inc- incredi- fine. incredibly yeah. magnanimous. Yeah, of them. fines are fines are a okay, but they have specifically requested no jail time for her. Yeah, we, they're yeah. like, we understand she's ignorant, yeah. but you know she shouldn't go to jail for this. And we, are, we don't want her to go to jail for this. Fine her, do whatever. Just yeah. make her do her fucking job. 
Yeah. yeah, and we're recording this show on Wednesday, September the 2nd. Tomorrow, Thursday, September the third is when she has to go stand in front of yes. the judge. Yeah, so yes. her her and her and her merry band cadre. of crews have been yeah. summoned to a contempt council uh, contempt. The cadre of clerks uh, will have to go before the court. Yes. Davis has steadfastly refused to issue the licenses, staying her uh, saying her deeply held Christian beliefs don't let her endorse gay marriage. Um which, by the way, doesn't fucking matter when yeah. you're talking about public policy. Yeah, and she's she's not endorsing gay marriage by offering these no, licenses. No, and she's, and she's doing her fucking job, right? And to which I would say, which part of the Bible deals directly with U.S. constitutional law and the rights of American citizens? Which part of that Bible are you referring to? Mm-hmm. It's fucking none of it. Stupid. Davis stopped. <laughs> it, that's I. Hey, fucking none of it. Stupid. You're absolutely right. Usually I call her dummy. So that's all right. Those are my words, man. Davis stopped issuing all marriage licenses in the days after the U.S. Supreme Court uh, legalized gay marriage across the nation. Um, Yeah, she's been sued. Federal judge ordered her to issue issue licenses. Appeals court upheld the decision. Her lawyers with the Liberty Council. Ah, what kind of fucking attorneys counsel their clients to continue breaking federal law? Oh, Christian yeah. attorneys, Christian yes, yeah. yeah. If it's they got a filed, name like Liberty or yeah, I or, know. They filed a last ditch appeal to the Supreme Court on Friday, asking that they grant her quote asylum for her conscience. And she should be checked into some kind of asylum. Yeah, this will be the first time that I'm reading from directly from the Bible. Ooh, hey, whoa, does that mean end times? Which version? NIV. Matt, NIV. Matt's reading right. right from the Bible. That's got to mean end times this are coming. Is the, this is even from the fluffy version. Yep. Romans 13, 1 through 7 states, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, he who rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. You said himself and he who rebels. I don't I don't hear a she in there anywhere. She's no. she's totally fine. Okay. She's covered. Aww. Well, they didn't anticipate women in power at this point. That's, oh, that's right, also right, right, not biblical, right. yeah, actually. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's, like, it's anti-biblical to have women in power. That's actually another so, Yeah, absolutely. I cool. should have brought up. Then what the fuck's she doing there? My point is, yeah, my point is, you know, she's going to claim biblical objections to this. But yet, you know, as many well, people have pointed out, she's been married four times. Yeah. Marrying a divorced woman is anti-biblical. You know, she's not supposed to Although be Although I believe That's that anti-biblical. her fourth marriage was again to her second husband. I don't care. I don't know. But it's all convoluted. But none of that fucking matters. None of that matters. None of her marriages, yeah. none of her births, none of her pregnancies, none of her looks, clothing, anything. None of that matters Insofar as she's not doing her fucking yes. job. Yep. And she's representing the state. Yeah. So the she's, county. she goes on to say, but at the end of the day, we have to stand before God, which is a higher authority than the Supreme Court. Uh, uh, but as no. a public service servant, you're required to keep your little believies to yourself and do what the fucking law says and stop taking a pay- or stop taking a paycheck is what I say. Well, when you have a job dealing with the law. You need to follow the law. the law yeah. says. Or stop taking a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. One or, or the other. Yeah, get the fuck out. You she, can't, you she can't has, just keep taking the money and not doing your job. Yeah. Absolutely. She has every right to her religious beliefs. She does not have every right to a job mm-hmm. 
in which she can't in which she can't follow her religious beliefs. If you yeah. have a job, you need to do what the job demands, and the job demands that she follow the fucking law. Yep, and I only hope that this ends up being an example that doesn't lead to bullshit religious privilege exemptions, which it doesn't seem to be, but that it leads to a precedent for punishment of clerks who refuse their civil duty. Absolutely. Uh, she says, quote, to issue a marriage license which conflicts with God's definition of marriage, <sighs> with my name affixed to the certificate, would violate my conscience. Oh, boo-hoo. Find another fucking job. Yeah. Is there? Is there? If any- you can't do your job, <laughs> then don't do your yeah. fucking job. Find another job. Yeah. And she says, it's not a light issue for me. It's heaven or hell decision. And she said that through her lawyers. Um, uh, this is the kind and merciful God, right? No, the kind and merciful job, the kind and merciful God who would send her to hell for doing the job that she was elected to do. Right. To give people the the thing they've been waiting for. for Uh, I was elected by the people to serve as the county clerk. She said, I intend to continue to serve the people of Rowan County, but I cannot violate my conscience. She's not serving the people. She's not even serving the the heterosexual couples anymore. She's not serving anybody. Yep. And so I say, this is a great example of why voting is so important. Because this bigot was elected in, and now her grubby claws are so deeply entrenched that multiple and consistent illegal actions and defying court direct orders can't even pry this parasite from her position. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for bringing up that she was voted into this position. Yeah, we'll get to that. (laughs) She was voted into this position. This is why your vote matters. You don't... I, I Especially on a county level. Yeah, I hear people complain all the time. Well, I, when I vote for president in my state, it doesn't matter. You're you you're kind of right. Maybe your vote doesn't necessarily matter, but you shouldn't only be voting in presidential elections. You should be voting in every single election in which you're eligible to do so, yep. because your vote matters. Mm-hmm. If your vote didn't matter, you wouldn't have people spending billions of dollars to try to get your vote. Yeah. Right. Turn it purple. Davis stopped issuing all marriage licenses in the June after the Supreme Court legalized gay marriage across the nation, um, as we've said. So she's doing nothing. Um, blah, blah, blah. She's been ordered to comply. Uh, she served. She served as her mother's deputy for 27 years and was elected as a Democrat to su- to succeed her in November. She was elected as a Democrat. Yeah. Ugh. It's Kentucky. Yep. They don't know what a Democrat or Republican yeah, that's means. Yeah, this is a Kentucky Democrat. Yeah. And she makes 80000 a year, by the way, for oh not- Oh, my God. For not doing for not doing fucking anything. Job. Yeah, it's more than I make. Right. And so well, the, re- the removal would require impeachment, which would have to wait until the legislature's regular session next year or a costly special session. Davis refused to concede her religious freedom argument, even after U.S. District Judge Dave Bunning ordered Davis that her six deputy clerks to appear at 11 a.m. on Thursday at a federal court in Ashland. Davis has said previously that four of her deputies share her beliefs. One was ambiguous, and one did not have a problem with issuing licenses to same-sex couples. But Davis has prohibited any of her deputies from following the law as well. So there's a person in there who would do this, but she said no. That's that's the thing I keep seeing people point yeah, out. Well, so don't force her to do it. Get someone in there that will. Like, well, there are fucking yeah, there people are. willing to. But she's saying she so, won't allow it. So my question is, what's the charge for that? Are there yeah. any real consequences? The SCOTUS it, without that, the SCOTUS ruling is toothless. You know, this has uh, this absolutely has to end with Davis paying her debt to society. That's the way this has to end. But you know what? You know what though is that most of these. City, county, state employees 
when they're hired or when they're vo- when they're elected into office, part of their part of the agreement is that if they do something that will eventually end up with them possibly being sued for enacting you know their their position or 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 acting out their position as as a representative of the, of the city county or state the city county or state are the ones who are held liable for their actions mm-hmm. not the person oh. themselves so uh. the city county or state is is the body that will be responsible for paying for any contempt of court charges oh, that, so it that she'll even suffer. Matter, so it won't matter to her at all. She's she's fees. just she's just writing this out so that she can eventually end up writing a book. She's going to go yep. on speaking tours. She's going to have a GoFundMe account. Yeah, she's, she's going to be rolling in the fucking dough for being a bigot. Yep. Yeah, she's going to talk about how her religious freedom got her job taken away and all that. Yeah, but it it, it didn't. Uh, um, no, her as holiness did. Here's where it gets even better. <clears throat> the little, the lesser known part of the, of the article, the clerk's husband, Joe Davis came by to check on his wife. He said that he, that she has received death threats, but remains committed to her faith and is quote, standing for God. As for himself, he said he believes in the second amendment. I'm yeah. an old redneck hillbilly. That's all I've got to say. Don't come knocking at my door. And I said, ah, the perfect couple for, to have operating in an authoritative ca- yeah. capacity. If she if she believes in her God and that her and that she's no. doing the right yeah, thing I and know. that her God will protect her, his Second Amendment rights shouldn't fucking matter at all. That should be a, that's a complete non sequitur. She, she doesn't believe at all because there's already pressure for her to do things counter to her God. Yeah, Why well, would that even be available? Yeah, it, I mean, it, well, and it's that's a complete non sequitur. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter if she has complete faith in the Lord that she's yep. doing what what she's supposed to be doing according to His dictates. Then it wouldn't matter. His his Second Amendment rights don't yeah. fucking play into this at all. Yeah. Well, Not in the slightest. I, I think he was saying that he's willing to kill someone if they yeah. come to his house. Well, absolutely. Yeah, he, absolutely so obviously he, he doesn't believe in the thou shalt not kill. Well, rule. absolutely he is saying that. But it, but if she is if she is acting according to what her God wants, oh, then yeah. her God should protect, protect her. her. Her husband shouldn't have to. I think they should test it. All right. It's it gets better. Uh. Mr. Joe Davis goes on to point out that the gay rights protesters get, uh, that have gathered on the courthouse lawn, he, he pointed at them and said, they want us to accept their beliefs and their ways, but they won't accept our beliefs and our ways. And no. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> get that extra chromosome out of the way so you can hear this clearly, okay? Your beliefs are legal to hold, but they cannot be used as a reason to make or deny matters of public policy. Being gay is not a belief. But it is now the law, like it or not. And your Second Amendment doesn't allow you to choose which laws you do or don't follow. Correct. The Kentucky clerk has been married four times, raising questions of hypocrisy and selective application of the Bible to her life, every Christian, and raising even more questions, in my estimation, about the mental capacity of the men in this town, given given that Davis has the intellect and figure of a plate of mashed potatoes. (laughs) As to the question of why she hasn't been fired, and I've been guilty of pointing this out on the show, so here's the clarification. Because she's an elected official, unlike many other – unlike – Many other government employees, the only way to remove Davis from her job is to have her impeached or otherwise removed by the state of Kentucky. Quote, no authority exists for her removal or suspension from the office of Rowan County government. So there's no oversight, no accountability. Watkins told the Moorhead News that Kentucky state government is the only entity that can move to have Kim Davis removed as Rowan County clerk. Um, 
USA Today reported that Kentucky state legislator is not currently in session and that many lawmakers support her stance. You know what? Then the judge, all the judge has to do is, is when she goes in for her contempt of court hearing tomorrow, say, you are, you have been found in contempt of court. I will fine you $5,000 today, $10,000 the next day that you don't issue it, $20,000 for each day that you don't do it afterward. I will basically double the fine yeah. every day that you don't do this and watch how fast the Kentucky legislature works to make sure that she's out of office or complies with the court's orders. I almost yeah, wish you well. could just say, well, you got how much left on your term? Uh, just over a year? Well, I guess you're in prison for the next year and a half. Yeah, well, they can't do that. I, I would much they, prefer they that they don't send jail. her to prison, but that they, they, they find that the judge issues his decision and says, you have been found in contempt. Yeah. And for every day that you don't do it, I will be doubling the amount that your office has to pay for this. Yeah, we'll see tomorrow. I, 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 I don't think she'll see, I don't think she'll face any jail time, but, but I really hope there's some stiff financial burdens. Place. Super oh, yeah. stiff. Like I said, I I hope yeah. he doubles it for I, I, every I day think, that she's found in non-compliance. Happen. I don't think that'll happen, but but I hope it's stiff enough to to really make a an impression. You know that here's what's going to happen if you don't uh, if you don't comply with the SCOTUS ruling because yeah. without, like I said earlier, with without any repercussions for disobeying the law, then it's a toothless ruling. Then yeah, well then why bother? Yeah, right. Uh, blah, 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 more stuff we've already covered. And then, um, when she, when Kim Davis was first elected, this is, this is her quote. I promise to each and every one that I will be the very best working clerk I can be. And I will be a good steward of their tax dollars and follow the statutes and office to the letter. Failed on every bit of that statement. Uh. Yeah. She failed on every single bit of that statement. And I would like to backtrack a little bit here. Yes. And say that, you know, the, the couples who have, who have brought this suit or have, or who have complained about her not issuing the licenses and have, and have said that they don't want her to face any jail or prison time. Mm-hmm. I completely disagree with them now because if, <laughs> if she, <laughs> because after hearing the statement, well, well, because if the repercussions for her not doing her job, are that she doesn't face any penalty. It's the it's the yeah. county or the state that yeah, has to yeah, ultimately yeah. pay for this. Right, right, right. Well, here's- then, then that then that will not change anything that she does whatsoever, right? But if she has to personally right. face the consequences of her decision, mm-hmm. then yeah. maybe she'll change her ways. Well, <laughs> I think you've changed my mind, but not because of her. But I think if if they do invoke financial penalties that the state has to pay, yeah. Then that almost sets a precedent around the country for other clerks to have penalty-free mm-hmm. religious exemptions from issuing licenses. Well, right. as well. They, they, yeah, that they won't suffer yeah, any consequences yeah, yeah, yeah. whatsoever. And that and that's my point. Is that, yeah, that's the danger. Is that if she feels like that if she Doesn't and matter, or yeah. everybody else who may wish to follow suit believes that they will suffer no yeah. consequences themselves directly, then what? Then why not do whatever the fuck they want? Well, I found this where it says you know, uh, if, is- if it's only the city, county, or state that yeah. has to pay for the bullshit that she's doing, then why would any of them comply with the law? For Kentucky, contempt of court is punishable. Did you say Kentucky? Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky. <laughs> contempt of court is punishable by up to six months in jail per count of con- uh, contempt. Uh, a party. How- I'm sorry, how long? 
six months per count. Per count. Per count. She could be facing it's, multiple counts. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I would. I would say for each and every day that she's, she's refused to do, or it. each Not person each, she's denied. For each individual she's denied. Yeah. Each individual for every day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a party yeah. may ask to uh, the court to award attorney fees as an additional sanction where it, where it uh, appears uh, after consideration of all the evidence that contempt was willful. Which it absolutely yeah. is. It's absolutely, absolutely willful. Absolutely willful. There's no way that's not. So but I, but it's, think, not, it's not that there's any breakdown in communication or the office is no. out of papers no, there's, or whatever. There's, it's it's her willfully not following the law. No, there's videos of her saying, just oh, saying yeah. no. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. We are not doing it where she's been given. They're, they're reading right to her. Here's a court order. It says you must. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. And then they're like, nope. well, God's and they're like, authority. yeah. Yeah. And they're like, well, what authority are you, re- are, you know, what authority are you denying this on then? Because there's no legal, there's no, nothing legal left for you to mm-hmm. stand on. So what are you denying this on? Nope. I'm just not issuing them. Okay. That's willful. That's yeah. Completely willful. And I was going to point this out earlier too. The people that I think that live closest to their, the word of their biblical law, I've got to be close to the Amish, as I've been in my mind. But an Amish person will have machinery in a shop, not their house. You know, they won't have electricity in your home. They won't use automobiles and all that kind of stuff. But they will have electricity to run some modern equipment that is needed in order to survive. They do not believe in electricity or using it, but they'll install it in certain places. Like if they if they run a store, they'll have a phone. How is that more Christian though? Well, it's not, they're not, I'm not saying they're Christian, but they're a religious organization that follows really strict laws. But they will put aside some of those laws in order to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Make it work. It's like, they got no problem with going, yeah, I don't, I don't use electricity. I'm not supposed to use electricity, but I need to. In this situation, even though it's against right. my conscience, maybe, in order to survive and do the job I want to do, I have to use electricity. Right. Well, yeah, I don't know but there's but there's no consequences. You know, I mean they, 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 they no pay, no, but I'm they, saying that's they it. immediately pay personal consequences for for not applying the electricity to the situation they need. Well, yeah. know, you know, nobody's gonna sue them over it. They're just gonna suffer. No, no, they're I'm just gonna personally suffer financially. Or yeah. And so they're willing to overlook that because they can immediately tell what their financial uh, sacrifice yeah. is gonna be. So but, of course they overlook that. But, but that, that, her, that's that's for their job though. They'll sacrifice it. I know. Use but electricity I, for their job. Whereas, like for her job, she's supposed to be fucking handing out certificates. Yeah, but I think that's why this this ruling of this contempt ruling is going to be so important because it's it, it it has the potential to set a precedent for either going light on county clerks that want to choose mm-hmm. the conscience uh, debate, the, conscientious you know, objector. Yeah, yeah, or or they could really come down hard on her based on. All of the sing- all of the rulings against her, and the and the this very specific ruling saying yes, you fucking go back to your desk and issue these right now, which has happened at least twice. Yeah. Um. And, and if this and goes- they could come down really hard on her, and then all the other c- clerks around the country can take a step back and go, well, shit, I'm not going to risk that. Mm-hmm. And then we can just wait 50 years for all the religious people to talk about how they led the way for gay rights. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Uh, Jesus, HIV, motherfucking Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you take that away from me. (laughs) Uh, This was an interesting bit of news. Um, We need less Chopra and more Tesla. Marine Richard has managed to score 500 pounds a month. 
in disability allowance from French courts after claiming that she's allergic to Wi-Fi. What? <laughs> Come on, France. <laughs> she's also allergic to gluten and GMOs. Yes. <laughs> She claimed that she suffers from electromagnetic sensitivity, and sufferers say that they, the exposure to mobile phones, Wi-Fi, and televisions causes extreme discomfort. Well, don't use a TV or lights oh, or live anywhere is, with a power grid. What's the name? Of, what's the name of the show that is a spinoff from Breaking Bad? Uh, uh, Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. So Saul's brother has this allergy to electromagnetic. Oh yeah, he's always whatever, wrapped right? up in the <laughs> the, 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 the blankets. Such bullshit. Oh, it's total bullshit. It's psychological. French courts have refused so far to pay disability benefits to people who suffer from electromagnetic sensitive people. So after winning this case, Maureen Richards said that her win was a, quote, breakthrough. They've had these claims before. I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what evidence came in changing the minds of the courts for this case? Europe is really making a strong move to take number one wooiest away from Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> is nobody aware that the Earth's core, is nobody aware that the Earth's core generates an incredible electromagnetic field? Oh, yeah, constantly? it's, 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 it's what protects us from in, solar flares. In, in, <laughs> the sun does the same fucking yeah. thing. If we didn't have that electromagnetism on our Earth, it, we wouldn't be here. No, we no. There's no way. Like solar flares, we worry about a giant solar flare wiping out satellites and and communication devices across the face of the planet right yeah, but yeah. i'm sure this person ventures outside even though they may <laughs> be facing these you know uh, electromagnetic solar flares also do her eyes hurt all the time probably color vision is a bit of the electromagnetic field yeah. the Ooh, spectrum you're right <sighs> you know what she can't do she can't play with those little that game it's that red thing where you turn the dials and it like draws <laughs> yeah, the etch a sketch. Etch a sketch. You can't use an etch a sketch. Definitely no, can't I, use an etch a sketch. Not. Or light bright. And I, <laughs> I have to. I have to throw a shout out for or my chroma glasses again too because yeah, I. I mean even so, golfing yesterday. Oh, did you wear them with golfing? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because well, they're sunglasses. So, oh okay, okay. So I wear them while I'm out golfing, and I just I marvel at all of the green colors that I can oh, see yeah. out on the golf course now. But I noticed yesterday in particular that when I got the scorecard out of the clubhouse and I didn't have my sunglasses on because I'd walked into the clubhouse to grab the scorecard and pay my dues and whatever to, to, to participate in the weekly tournament. But then I get out on the, out on the cart. I, I've been, I've been trying to walk a lot more this year, but I can't for the past yeah. few weeks because of my toe, the doctor, <laughs> Half of my fucking toe is numb because I've got Since, this. If you nerve can't feel it already, thing. just cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've been having to get a cart for the past few weeks. But I, so I go and get the, I go and get the scorecard, fold it. You know, it's it's a trifold thing. One of the one of the the last try on the fold is the front and back green designation for where they have the holes. Yeah. So I fold the card. I stick it into the steering wheel of the golf cart and I throw my sunglasses on and I notice for the first time ever that the scorecard itself is in like so many colors. <laughs> <laughs> There's like blues and reds and yellows and greens and fucking it's a, a like I, I stared at did the you, scorecard did you for crash probably the cart? three or four minutes before I even like, <laughs> like I just, I threw it on the card, put on my sunglasses and I was like, 
Wow. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Look how beautiful this scorecard is. That's so cool. <laughs> That's funny. Before I even drove out to my car to get my bag and throw it on there or whatever. whatever. Total, totally taken for granted by the color advantage it, it's it's that's a I, that's a mundane like like yeah. every every time i wear them i notice something else that i'm just like holy shit i've i've never like Didn't even know that my entire life i've just gone oh, yeah. without seeing this so maybe cool. like your car problems with all your like lights coming on your car <laughs> maybe they've always just been on <laughs> no no they just came on yesterday they've just always been white <laughs> now they're a little because i was and- wearing the sunglasses when i left work uh, and it was was fine and i get to the golf course and then i go to leave the golf course and all the lights come on and i was like fuck <laughs> uh so her lawyer uh miss oh, yeah. miss richard according to her lawyers has been oh no sorry oh, yeah. i got sidetracked a little bit yeah uh her lawyer agreed and told the times that her win will set a legal precedent for quote thousands of people miss miss richard according to her lawyers, has been living in a barn in the countryside because she cannot stand exposure to Wi-Fi. <laughs> living in a barn? Yep. The World Health Organization... I think you mean manger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's... We should have talked to uh, Dr. Daryl Ray about yeah. this or I mean, schizo disorder. You but, can probably uh, deck a barn up pretty fucking badass if you really wanted to. Yeah. Um, the World, World Health Organization chimed in on this, wow. and they said that electromagnetic sensitivity is, quote, characterized by a range of nonspecific symptoms that lack apparent toxicological or physiological basis or independent verification. So it lacks in other words, everything they're needed. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, this 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 is exactly the kind of illness that needs uh, to be diagnosed by Doctor Deepak. Yeah. <laughs> it was also reported that tests for electromagnetic sensitivity had been unsuccessful, as people who claimed to suffer from the condition were unable to detect electromagnetic fields any more than people who weren't suffering from the condition. Kind of puts a gaping hole in the whole extreme yeah. discomfort claim. Uh huh. Anyway. Yeah, it sounds like a whole lot of bullshit to me. It's a whole lot of fucking bullshit. I think she's just bitchy. No, that's 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 insane. So I <laughs> I've been listening to I I hadn't I, I recently started listening to the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. I don't know if you guys listen to that. I have not I have not listened to that it's one. It's really good. Like Is they it? they it's it's very, very science based and they have a lot of really good information on there. I've been really enjoying it lately. I like hmm. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Is that similar? It's that's, got a lot of that's a book. Got, yeah, but it's got a lot of information in it. And it's spacey. Is that a podcast or is it a book? There was a podcast, but it, it was short lived. <laughs> I actually I, looked it up. I have also been listening very recently to the. Ah, oh, fuck! I've I apologize that I can't think of the exact name. It's the Mormon podcast by Bryce Blankenagle. Oh, Naked Mormonism! Naked Mormonism. Thank you very much. It's it's really good. Like it it's goes through a whole lot of the history. I think it's, I'm through was, episode seven or was eight he now? the guy that you posted that video of yesterday or today? No, was that you that posted that video? No, there's a guy that no that was post- that was Tyson Holbrook. Okay, I who. Who went through a bunch of actual LDS scripture, like original scripture and or approved literature to say, you know, the LDS church thinks that there are so many anti LDS things out there, but 
You don't have to go far to find a bunch of misogynist, really fucking crazy things that are approved Mormon literature yeah. to find out that the LDS church is bullshit. Like, you can just study approved LDS literature if you are so inclined, rather than just going to church every just, Sunday. Just listening to someone tell you bullshit. Yeah, just, yeah, I mean, if, if you want to go out and actually look at any approved LDS literature, you can see easily that even the approved stuff points you to the fact that the LDS church is bullshit. Or very hypocritical what they say they actually do. Both. Yeah. Got an interesting story here that I had ready for last week, but since we lost that show, we actually never yeah. even got to the story anyway. But well, it, uh, it better okay. be interesting. <laughs> Girl in I'll Honduras. Punch you in the dick. <laughs> I don't use it anyway. So. <laughs> Girl in Honduras dies. Oh, wait, no. I, I think that yep. probably happens in Honduras like every day. But then she didn't. But then she did again. Oh, okay. Uh, dead teen wakes up screaming, banging inside coffin, family smashes tomb is the headline. She died again? Weird. <laughs> El Entrada, Honduras. A family in Honduras apparently smashed the tomb of their pregnant 16-year-old daughter after she reportedly wake woke up screaming and banging inside her coffin one day after she was buried. A day after Nessie Perez's funeral, her husband... Did you say Nessie? Yeah. Good old Nessie. Nessie, probably. Oh. Has she ever been to Ireland? Yeah. Spent time in a lake? I think that's Scotland. <laughs> and Scotland. Yeah. There we go. That that too. And probably not. She's 16-year-old and pregnant and married, so. And, and in Honduras. And dead. God works and, in mysterious ways. Uh, yeah. yeah. Very, very. Her husband was visiting the gravesite when he heard banging and screams from inside the coffin. He spoke to Premier Impacto. <laughs> As I put my hand on her grave, I could hear noises inside. I heard banging. Then I heard her voice. She was screaming for help. It had already been a day since she was since we buried her. I could not believe it. I was ecstatic, full of hope. A cemetery yeah. worker also said he heard screams coming from inside the coffin. And just ignored it because it <laughs> happens all the time. Just ignored it! Well, it usually <laughs> takes three days before the banging and screaming starts. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and even then, you can just ignore it. Ignore it, yeah. yeah. It's closed coffee. It's They'll be buried eventually, and then it'll muffle all the sounds. Uh, It'll be fine. Uh, God. <laughs> well, this was, this was the above-ground tombs. <laughs> eh, it'll be yeah. fine. Eh. It'll stop eventually. <laughs> Relatives told, Premier Impacto! The tips of Perez's fingers were bruised, and the viewing window on her coffin had been smashed. Perez, still inside her coffin, was taken to a local hospital where she was declared clinically dead. I, I, for some reason, I thought she had she had lived, but then she didn't. She yeah. wasn't Aww. she wasn't dead before, but <laughs> now she is. Uh, so apparently, she had mysteriously collapsed inside her Honduras home, and she began foaming at the mouth, leading her religious parents to believe that she was quote possessed. After a priest attempted to perform an exorcism, her body yeah. became quote lifeless, and she was declared dead. So the priest had absolutely no impact. No. Correct. As He's no impacto. <laughs> no premier impacto. <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't I know wish you were I going for that. <laughs> I wish I spoke Spanish so I knew what you were saying. <laughs> Go <laughs> to hell. <laughs> Doctors said Perez may have suffered a panic attack after hearing gunfire near her home, which could have temporarily stopped her heart. Oh, oh, Dios mio. <laughs> oh, Dios mio. <laughs> or maybe she had an infection of some kind. Maybe, I don't know if she had a history of seizures. God virus. Or God, God virus. virus. Yeah. 
Well, the family definitely had the God virus for thinking yeah. she was possessed and yeah. then mm-hmm. burying her and not realizing she's not fucking dead yet. I'm not quite dead. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it will be soon. <laughs> oh, quit complaining. <laughs> I love Monty Python. <laughs> Should we cover this one again? What? Uh-oh. <clears throat> uh, the Donald truck still leading the race. <laughs> yeah, well, he is. That's different from Ronald Raven. Great fucking picture, yeah, by the way. Thanks. I really, really like that a lot. I like it. If you're if you're questioning what I'm talking about, go out to the <laughs> Godless Revolution Facebook page and take a look at the awesome drawing that Matthew did of Ronald Raven. Raven. <laughs> yes, based in on, honor of based based on the uh, in honor the, of Rick the, Perry. The <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, God, I don't even need to go into this article. Article really. <laughs> Donald Trump still on uh, at the top of the GOP polls. Who but, fucking cares? But you know who's rising in the Democratic polls? So, Bernie. oh, you know Bernie. what? Bernie. Yes, Bernie is. Oh, Bernie. So the thing that we missed from, or the thing that we lost last week because of the show was that Donald Truck has been endorsed by David Duke. Yes. Oh, you yeah. may remember David Duke as the former Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. I went right. on a little bit of a rant about this during the lost episode last week where... You know, Donald Trump says a whole lot of racist shit and gets called out on it as being racist shit. And he says, ah, I'm not racist. What are you talking about? And, and, uh, it's just my, it's people complaining about me speaking the truth and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But then is endorsed by a giant fucking racist. Yeah. Yes. So if the things you say are racist and are pointed out by people as being racist and you deny that and then are endorsed by a giant fucking racist, maybe you should re-examine the things that you're saying. Then I, I kind of hate when everybody's like, ah, oh, you got to stop being so politically correct. Why, why are you so politically correct all the time? Oh, That's you mean bullshit. not racist? Yeah, I'm like, oh, <laughs> me, you mean being accepting of people and treating people like humans and not putting them down all the time? Or, and not racist? And not racist or, and bigoted and fucking cockshittery. They're, they're fucking... I, I hate how people think that being PC or politically correct is I still is would this, like to go over the Glenn Beck thing uh, again, too, because fuck that guy. Mm. Oh, are we going to play it again? Probably. Would you like to? Yes. Maybe not right now. What else you got? Um, I got a story from last week out of the UK. Okay. Okay on the UK. <laughs> it's kind of a longer story. Okay. <clears throat> kind of interesting, though. It's weird that we never hear about stuff like this. See, we got about we got about twenty minutes left. Four victims have been named since the disaster, but four families are still looking for their loved ones. Investigators, st- oh, uh, this is terrible. I can't even. You do it. You should do it. You I was waiting do for you to do, do an Australian accent. My no, it's British accent. Yeah. Fucking- it's, it's supposed to be British. Oh, all right. I can do that. <laughs> I, was wa- I was waiting for an elementary dear Watson. <laughs> I was going to say, my, my Australian accent always turns into British. And, uh, you guys fucking make fun of me. <laughs> I, I seriously have been trying to learn a British for months. And now, I just cannot nail it. You have it. to have I a can't. British mother-in-law. Read a bit of that. We'll see what you got. Four victims have been named since the disaster, but more families are still looking for their loved ones. Investigators are continuing efforts to trace up to seven further suspected victims of the Shoremare disaster. 
Four victims have been named by their families and the names of two others who are missing who have emerged. Police believe it's likely 11 people have died. Daniel Polito, named as one of those missing, was in, a, was in the same car as Matt Jones, who was known to have died. The other, Mark Trussler, is thought to have been riding his motorbike on the A27 when the police... Well, I'm sorry, when the plane crashed on Saturday. <sighs> Sussex police have said that more than 200 people have reported concerns from missing relatives or friends since the crash involving a jet taking part in an air oh, show yeah. display. Mr. Polito's family and friends have, have used social media to say that he was in the same car as Mr. Jones. Marino Polito, believed to be his sister, stressed on Facebook, however, that nothing has been confirmed that Danielle is gone. Mr. Trussley's, Mr. Trussler's fiance, Giovanna Chirico, has also appealed on social media to ask if anyone had seen or heard from him. A picture of the couple has been shared online with a message, Mark Trussler missing was riding an all-black motorbike. If anyone has details, please contact Giovanni Chirico. He was at Shoreham Airport yesterday, <laughs> hoping he doesn't have mobile signal. Love you, sick babe X. <laughs> is that all right? I think it was pretty good. Yeah, that, that plane crash is pretty fucking horrible. My mother-in-law is from Sussex. Let me try it again. <clears throat> oh, you're gonna er, fuck it I'm up. sorry, from Suffolk. Worthing United players Jacob Shield, 23, and Matthew Grimestone, also 23, are, wrong, thought, wrong to have, region. are thought to have been traveling in <laughs> the same car. Wrong region? Yeah. Oh, you know, the people know where part of Europe you're from by your accent. <laughs> when it was struck <laughs> as definitely air not display suffix. pilot Andy Hill's 1950s Hawker Hunter jet crashed on the A27 West Sussex, Sussex Coastal Truck Road before exploding. Coastal Truck Road. <laughs> Uh yeah, my my ex mother in law is from Ipswich. Ipswich, oh, Suffolk. That's coastal. Ipswich, Suffolk. Ipswich is coastal. That yeah. was a port town. Yeah, she used to tell stories of of uh, during World War Two and having bombing raids yeah. and shit. And Do you know what's really interesting? Like, like she loves like fucking uh, drippings on toast and mm-hmm. fat back and all that good stuff. You should look up a documentary called The Ipswich Man. Yeah. It's really fucking fascinating. My my in-laws were really cool people. I mean, my my mother-in-law, it's totally my about my ex-mother-in-law, <laughs> you know, they're 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 a whole lot older than my parents. Uh my ex-wife, I think her parents, her mother was 40 something when she had her and her father was 40 something when they had her and, you know, my parents were 16 and 18. Yeah. So there's there's a there's a there's there's a whole generational gap between her parents and my parents and you know of course her father was a ex marine and air force he's I think he's on three different three or four different monuments at Hill Air Force Base hmm. he was one of the Chosin Reservoir few okay. for the Korean War yeah and her he met her mother when he was stationed in England at uh what's the air force base in England uh, uh Meldenhall yeah at Meldenhall he met her when he was stationed at Meldenhall and brought I was her back say to Heathrow <laughs> that's an airport <laughs> uh but yeah, they're they're very cool people with a whole lot of really really interesting stories and and I mean, besides the monuments that he's on at Hill Air Force Base, uh, for the Ch- he he fought at Chosin Reservoir, which is he's one of the chosen few. He's in I think two or three different books 
as, I mean, this super heroic Marine, he mm-hmm. was awarded the Purple Heart, I think, two or three times. The, I mean, just, yeah, a <laughs> whole yep. lot of really, really cool stories that, so after my ex and I got married, and I'd sit around with my father-in-law, Sal, and drink a few beers and whatever, just sitting mm-hmm. out on the porch grilling, and I don't know, after nine or ten beers, Sal would start telling me war stories, and... A lot of things that he had never told yeah. my ex-wife, and it was, I, it was really cool. I've I've heard some of those the the Korean War vets with the uh, uh, Chosun and stuff that are like those bastards of Bastogne had nothing on us. Like, well, he was so he was a Marine during the during the Korean War mm-hmm. and fought at Chosun Reservoir and joined the Air Force after Chosun Reservoir because the Air Force provided them so much support that yeah. I mean, the the Marines marched for. Fuck! It was well. Yeah, they're they're it out was, there. It was it was almost three days straight. I mean, no with, sleep, nothing. That was just no, marching, 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 freezing, marching, marching in cold freezing conditions. Weather. I saw I saw a, a documentary on PBS or something where it it showed pictures of these poor fucking Marines around Chosin Reservoir. And for anybody who doesn't know, you should go and look this up. It's 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 during the Korean War when the Chinese joined the war, and, and it's a sadly forgotten battle. It, it it totally is. It's it's the forgotten few. Yeah. And so the the Chinese joined the war and came into Korea around Chosin Reservoir, and it was like, fuck, I don't, I, I, I'm I'm totally gonna fuck up the numbers, so I'm not even gonna bother to try. But it was like basically. You know, at least 10 to 1 number of enemy forces versus the American Marines who were at Chosen Reservoir and forced the Marines into retreat. And they marched for almost three days straight with no sleep, nothing. I mean, just marching mm-hmm. out of there to get out of there. But it showed pictures of the guy, uh, pictures of these guys. And it was around Thanksgiving or Christmas. I can't remember which holiday, but so it I know they said them, it was like sub zero temperatures out there. It they, absolutely they were, was. It they was, were on, they had the wrong uniforms on. They didn't have like the, oh the my cold God, weather dude. gear wasn't even there. They, they were talking about the, the temperatures at Chosen Reservoir during this time. And, and like the regular temperature was something like 16 degrees below zero. Yeah. And with the wind chill, yeah. it was like a hundred degrees below zero. Yeah, it was. And you have these guys out there in these like thin little BDUs, yep. these these tiny little jackets, and like blankets over them. They showed pictures of these guys sleeping with snow covering their fucking yeah. faces. Man, I couldn't believe it. Like it was, it was amazing to me. It, in most conditions, a normal person would have been dead day one. Oh yeah, he was actually. So my ex father in law was actually put into a body bag, zipped up, thrown into the back of a truck, and because he was in this black body bag sitting in the sun in the back of a truck, it warmed him up enough to where he woke up in a body bag in the back of a truck because everybody thought he was dead. Yeah, it's he had frostbite from the knees down. They wanted to amputate his legs, but he wouldn't let him. And I mean, for the rest of his life, he had problems with his legs. Yeah. But frostbite just, never goes away. Oh yeah, it was just a fucking amazing stories that this mm-hmm. guy would tell. Sounds terrible. Yeah. It, <laughs> war is not pretty, man. It's oh, fucking awful. Right, right. It's I, I know uh, the military channel had done a documentary on it, 
uh, last year, right around Veterans Day, they only aired it once. I'm like, I want to, I want to see that the whole thing was all about the Chosen Reservoir, and I'm like, I w- would have yeah. liked to have seen that, but I get to see the original airing. And yeah, the Chosen few, they used to have, re- they used to have uh, reunions and everything. Uh, I think at the last reunion when Sal was still, so it, it, his name is Sal Marchese. You can probably do a Google search and find all kinds of shit on him. Uh, I think at the last uh, reunion for the Chosen few, there were like 40 people. And that was all of the surviving members, like everybody who yeah. was still alive mm-hmm. went to this. Just, yeah, it's it amazing. He was a really good dude. I, I miss him quite a bit. Shall we get to the Glenn's a bit? Sure. Now we're going to talk about a really bad dude. Glenn Beck. Fuck this guy so hard. Mm-hmm. So by now, I'm sure you've all heard about the shootings in Virginia. Uh, whether you've seen the video or not, videos, I guess, yeah, because they yeah. had that there, there are two, there are basically two different videos. There is the live on uh, air, on air interview of this reporter in Virginia interviewing, uh, Was a it woman a politician. Uh, Was she? I, I think she may have been like a city council person yeah. or something like that. Uh, talking about development, yeah. talking about development, she was development of this, of this particular area. No, the person, the reporter was interviewing. Yeah. Oh, uh, so it's a reporter, a cameraman and this, this mm. other woman who, who they're interviewing. Uh, so they, they have the live footage of that, that they're, I mean, they're airing live during their news like, program at like eight in the morning. Yeah. And. You you hear gunshots and you uh, you see the the camera fall to the ground and hear the the uh, female reporter running off screaming whatever, um, but then they there was there was also a video uh, put online on Facebook and I believe on Twitter from the shooter's yes. perspective where. Did he use a GoPro? Was I think he used his cell. Uh, he used something. I, th- I was assuming cell phone, but I don't know what it, what he used. Yeah. He, he anyway. He he recorded the video of him attacking this reporter and cameraman and the, and the woman that they're interviewing. And the video the video from his perspective is really fucking weird and frightening, right? Because so you know what's you know what's going to happen. Well, yeah, you know what's going to happen because you've heard the story. So yeah. you see him. You know, walking along this boardwalk up to the reporter and the cameraman and the, and the woman they're interviewing. And you see the cameraman getting some background scenery mm-hmm. of this development of the town or whatever. And he's filming that. And then he's panning slowly to his left to, to bring the reporter and the, the person that they're interviewing back into frame. And. Of course, you know, most people, when they're reporting things like this, they try to ignore all of the background people, yeah. people who are just walking around, who may be trying to get on camera, whatever. They just kind of try to put them out of their minds and, and, and keep them in the background, ignore them, whatever. So clearly they probably would have figured or, or have noticed some person walking up to them, but they're trying to ignore them or, or keep them out of the do shot their or job. whatever. Just do their job. And you see him approaching them. And then get very close to him and nobody's actually like, nobody's looking directly at him or, or addressing him or anything. And through his camera angle, you see him raises, raise his handgun and point it at the reporter and then whisper, bitch. And there's no reaction from anybody at all because they're all ignoring him. Yeah. Like they don't even really realize he's there or is any kind of threat at all. And then he backs up a little bit. Uh, in my estimation, probably to get the cameraman more within his line of fire. 
So he backs up a little bit and then he raises his weapon again and starts shooting at the reporter. I think, I think he fires off three rounds at her before his camera drops and she starts screaming. She runs off and then, uh, it just kind of cuts yeah. out and, and you just hear, I think you hear seven more, well, seven I, they more said shots. He, they said he fired 17 shots total. Yeah. Which, unless he had an extended magazine in that gun, uh, he had to reload. No. No, it, well, it's, it's. Most nine mils only carry a capacity of 15. I think it was a Glock. Uh, it's still most. Glock 22. Most nine millimeter pistols, your max magazine capacity is nine, uh, is 15 rounds. A 45 you max is between eight and 10 rounds, depending on. It didn't, from the, from the sounds of it, it didn't sound like he had time to reload. Like it was just boom, boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. That's little what I'm saying. Pause, if, boom, if, boom, boom. I mean. If you had a little bit of an extended magazine for extra. Oh, no, that's true. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, it shows all of this unfolding on, on the video that he posted out there. And he's claiming that he did this in retaliation for this reporter and the people at the station where she worked as being racist and homophobic because he was a, bl- he was a black gay man. Yeah. Didn't he also say God told him to do it? Yes. He was a Jehovah's Witness who believed he apparently he had some severe. Or serious oh, yeah. mental health issues. Yeah. That kind of, well, well, imagine that. Well, well yeah, I mean, any, well, clearly anybody who would do something like this has some, has he's not in the right mental some capacity. Super, has some severe mental health yeah. issues. Yeah, well, he's a Jehovah's Witness too. So, I mean, that also. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that sort of shoots down, no, no pun intended, Bill O'Reilly's <laughs> theory or statement. Oh, yeah. About, fuck yeah. Bill O'Reilly talking about <laughs> all of the shootings and mass murders that are happening by secular people. We're all atheists since yeah, 1960 or whatever. Yeah. Spend five fucking seconds googling that shit bill o'reilly and find no, out how he, full he of knows. shit you are no he, name, he fucking knows he's just a liar i like him to name one atheist that's done a shooting recently or in you probably past. could come up with one but the guy who shot yeah, the, muslim the, guy, the muslims yeah over the parking, the parking spaces. lot yeah the parking spots yeah. yeah but that wasn't like a premeditated but, doesn't matter yeah I well mean, and that's not that he said no god told me to do this yeah right i mean it that had it nothing to do reasons. with his atheism it had everything else to do with ever other other reasons mm-hmm. besides yeah. that yeah, but anyway, uh, does anyone know where Glenn Beck is actually from? I was just wondering. Because he's a Mormon. He is a Mormon. I don't know where he's from, actually. Which is really weird that he claims so many prophetic things, because he should know... That he's not supposed to do that. That Yeah, that, you know, that stuff's supposed to come from Monson. Well, he's he's clearly just as Mormon as most of the people sitting in the pews who don't fucking know better. But he speaks to all the Tea Party Republicans, and 90% of them don't know what a fucking Mormon is. Yeah, so so I gave you guys a whole bunch of background on the on this thing that I want to talk about, Glenn Beck being a giant fucking asshole about. Yeah. Uh, so this comes from Right Wing Watch. Uh, back, in two, back in 2013, Glenn Beck declared on his radio show that, it, that, it, that if it ever got to the point where he started reading scripture on the air... You could be sure that it was a sign that we are rapidly approaching the end times, yep. which perfectly fits in with his theological leanings anyway, because he's a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of, of Latter-day Latter. Saints. Right. They're a fucking death cult who believes that we are in the latter days anyway. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ is going to return any day now. Right. So forget Thomas Monson. This is our modern day Nostra dumbass. <laughs> uh, that anyway, the story continues that that was two years ago. And since we don't seem to have quite reached the end of days yet, Beck returned to reading from scripture on his program today in the wake of the shooting of a television reporter and cameraman live on air warning once again that our time is up. 
The shooting prompted Beck to deliver a long sermon on the book of Jeremiah, revealing that God has told him that he is giving this nation one final warning. Yeah. Quote, I think God is giving me one final warning, Beck said. He is telling us, you got one more chance. This is it. I'm telling you this is it. This is God saying, last chance. Oh, yeah, I remember talking about this because in Mormon theology, he's not allowed to get revelation for anybody but himself and his family. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he can. Well, yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, on we the did. Last episode, we did that. He can only offer these prophetic warnings for people that are directly related to him. Well, him and his and his family, and then above that's his bishop, and then above that's stake president. But the only person that's allowed to receive direct revelation from God about what the world is supposed to do is, in according to Mormons, is Thomas S. Monson. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but he he apparently he just doesn't give a shit about that. Yeah. So. Glenn Beck talking about all this. Let's go ahead and we're gonna be gonna play this. Yeah, let's all let's right. play the the video. Let's, let's here of of Mr. Glenn Beck. Let it roll. Remember what I've been saying recently. I think that God is giving me one final warning. He's telling us you got one more chance. This is it. I'm telling you, this is it. This is what I was afraid. This is why I called that rabbi in Jerusalem and said, "Do I have this right?" Because this is God saying, "Last chance." He says, "Look what I did to Shiloh." Look what I did. That was the first place I put my name on, and I destroyed that place. So you better go look and see what happened to any place. And may I suggest, in modern times, we look at any place that that God has destroyed or allowed themselves to destroy no. themselves because they the got out of control. I told these guys 15 years ago, you ever start hear me reading right from the scriptures, you know we're at the end. I'm reading today right from the scriptures. And I'm I apologize to anybody who doesn't want to hear it. I apologize to anybody who doesn't understand it. But I'm telling you, as we watch things like a shooting on television and a shooting in the street, this is the beginning of sorrows. This is the beginning. And we have a final call. Turn around and go the other way. We've passed all the exits. Stop the damn car. And if everybody else wants to continue out, you get out of that car and you walk the other way. Please hear me. He's fucking out of his mind. He's fucking out of his gore. He's totally fucking crazy. And so Glenn Beck is quoting directly from the Mormon's favorite version of the Bible, which is the King James Version. Yay! The worst translation there is. So the quote that he's talking about comes from Matthew 24, verse 8, where it says that all these are the beginning of sorrows. And it's basically Jesus talking to his followers. And this is the same chapter of Matthew, by the way, where Jesus tells all of his followers that he will return within their generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it didn't happen. Glenn Beck doesn't fucking bother to mention any of that. And it kills me. It pains me like i want to fucking tear my beard out of my face i think i i don't know if i mentioned that just on last week or before but that that glenn beck views this this one incident as this black guy killing this reporter and cameraman and wounding the the person that they're interviewing as this this particular incident is the beginning of sorrows. Fuck everything yeah. else that has happened in human history. Fuck all of the natural disasters. Fuck killing 250,000 people in a tidal wave. 
This, this right here, the, the murder, the shooting of two people on live television, this is the beginning of sorrows. Yeah. This from the guy who goes Godwin on every fucking episode of everything he's ever on, this is the beginning of sorrows. Fuck Glenn Beck. Yeah. Super fuck Glenn Beck. It made me so fucking mad when I saw this that he, oh, if you, I, I warned these guys 15 years ago, if you ever see me quoting directly from scripture, this is going to be it. That's the beginning of sorrows. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about, Glenn yeah. Beck? Well, and here's the it's- thing. He, he's no different from Harold Camping because he makes these proclamations all the fucking time. You know, just like that. And, and the, the thing is that when he's wrong about it, like he's going to be wrong about this one. It no. just disappears. It's yeah, forgotten. Yeah. It's yeah. ignored. No, nobody's going to go back and say, hey, wait, wait, wait. Remember wait, what that about one when you time? said this was the yeah. beginning of Sorrows? Now all of a sudden, we're Remember not there in August yet? of like, 2015 when you said this was the beginning of Sorrows? Right. Now it's 2031 yeah. and you're still saying that, you know, just and this is the way on. it's been ever since the first Doomsday Prophet. Jesus. I was just so fuck fucking Lord. mad when I saw this. Like, fuck you, Glenn Beck. You have an adopted religion after you were on a fucking drug addict doing whatever the fuck else you're doing, going Godwin on every fucking thing you say. You talk about Nazism and and fucking, you know, the world wars and killing six million Jews. But for some reason, the death of six million Jews isn't the fucking beginning of sorrows. No. It's the murder of a fucking news reporter on live television with her cameraman that is be- the beginning of sorrow. Well, she was a Christian. Oh, my yeah, God. I, I want to fucking <laughs> strangle this And the shooter was black and gay. Sorry, I started laughing in the middle of that. You were laughing at my rants all the time. But <laughs> I just, it's for some reason, in the middle of it, it caught me funny because I'm like, Dan is so mad, he's wiggling. <laughs> and then I couldn't stop laughing at that because your legs were just I, going. <laughs> fuck, fuck Glenn Beck. I know, dude. God damn it. Uh, this is the beginning of sorrows. Yeah. Out of everything else, it's this. This one fucking thing, this is the beginning well, of but sorrows. but I mean, the, the Jews had it coming. Oh, fuck Glenn Beck. Sneaking all that gold and hiding it somewhere. Fuck Glenn Beck and the, and the LDS church for, for, for its... Fucking apocalyptic teachings and death cult. Yeah. Everybody in that church thinks that Jesus Christ is going to come back any fucking day now. And they treat the world like that's what's going to happen. It, nothing fucking matters. We're, it doesn't matter if we're destroying the fucking planet and killing people because Jesus is going to come back and set everything right any fucking day now. I got a great anecdote for you. The other day, the other day at work, I saw a truck in the parking lot I have not seen before, which was, was it Donald truck? It was Donald truck (laughs) in the parking lot. Uh, and it's pretty elusive. The the roof of the truck was so blurry you couldn't even tell it was there. And so I'm just kidding. It's not. It wasn't a real Donald truck. <laughs> You're talking was, about Donald uh, Trump. Yeah. It was, it was. It was an F three fifty. Yeah. Extended cab, long bed, yeah. super jacked up, big tires, sticking halfway out in the fucking parking lot. Clearly compensating for something. Right. And a and a, <laughs> and, a and a sticker on the back and a sticker on the back window that said Global Warmer. Oh, uh, I was those like, you are such a fucking asshole. People that like to go roll coal. Roll and coal. Yeah. Those Elaine, you know, it's some person that just drives fucks. themselves to work. Like, there's nobody else in that truck. Like, wh- get a fucking Kia, you know, or something. Like, what they the don't fuck haul do you need anything. No, they don't. No, that fucking- drives me. N- oh, and there's a guy that lives like right around the block from me. They don't do any off roading. I think I told you this, but he flies like one of those size of this room confederate flags in the yeah. back of his jacked up 86 chevy or whatever 
Yeah, he's such a yeah, but I mean that shit just, happens. It just screams asshole. Yeah, it does. well that's and that's ex- when when I was taking a Brandon to a football practice, we have to drive by that, and the first time he saw that, he looked over and he's like, "That guy's an asshole." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Good like, for you, Brandon." I'm like, yeah, <laughs> so it's, I, I, it's okay to swear, buddy. <laughs> I probably I, I probably I don't can't care talk if he too much, ever, but he never does. I don't have a Confederate flag, but I, I still do drive the Hummer. That's you're not driving yeah, a fucking F three fifty that's jacked up that you never take off road flying no. a Confederate flag. But I do, I do know, it's and, a and, and have no, a fucking a sticker in the yeah. window that says "Global Warmer." I, some of those, some of those newer diesels get better gas miles than that fucking Hummer does. Yeah, I don't care though. But the the whole point is that the whole point is that their attitude is I'm gonna fuck up the environment. The, I don't the care. doomsday stuff, yeah. like what what yeah. we were talking about. That because Jesus, they don't give a shit. You know. But I mean, God would never allow us to fucking destroy our planet. Yeah, we, He'd we fix that shit. Think, think about it, Dan. Think about it. We can't. We can't destroy something we can't create. <laughs> Checkmate, fuckers. Ah, I just. I don't. I. I still. I. I don't yeah, think I've well. properly conveyed why this whole Glenn Beck story bothers me as much as it does. Because I know, you're still seething. I. I am. Like. I mean, this is, we're, we're more than a week on since I first fucking mm. read this, mm. and it still makes me so fucking mad that to Glenn Beck, this one fucking thing is the beginning <laughs> of sorrows. Yeah. It's not the middle. It's not a portion of it. It's the fucking, the fucking beginning. beginning of sorrows. Yeah. Fuck you, Glenn Beck. Yeah. What, yeah, what, what triggered that for him about this one? Uh, publicity. That it was shot live and yeah. everybody's heard about it, so he's going to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Hmm. Fear mongering. Well, I mean, that it was a black oh. man. That it was a gay black man oh, shooting a there, white woman. There you go. It was a gay black man shooting go. a white woman. It doesn't fucking matter to Glenn Beck that this motherfucker is religious as all get out. Oh yeah. It's that he's a gay black man shooting a white woman on live television. Look up Glenn Beck. I want to see where he's from and what his fucking shit is. Yeah. <sighs> I don't want to look up Glenn Beck. <laughs> well, fuck that just guy. Wikipedia or something. But yeah, <laughs> we, we we are at that time of the night again, though. Too. God damn it! <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're it, not. It, it goes slightly quicker when we have a guest. It does. Yeah, that seems like a week ago we had Daryl Ray on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, that was awesome. That was that Darryl, was I, really I, awesome. I, was I really so really appreciate to that. it. I was too. I and he and he was everything I expected. I was, really really like Daryl a whole lot. I oh I, he's from he's from Washington. Okay, D.C. or state? No, Washington State. Everett. Yeah. Oh, he lives in Texas. Of course, he fucking lives in Texas. Yeah. I I'm still curious to know how he became involved with the LDS Church. I'm I'm Ever, I'm sure it's Washington, dude. I'm well. I was gonna say I'm sure that it's because he married an LDS woman. I mean that that seems to be that yeah. the LDS Church's preferred modus operandi for you know picking up yep. men in, my- of whatever age who aren't LDS is is having a female LDS person convert them to the religion. That's how my have. dad got involved. Yeah, he was raised secular, and I, I was funny because I was asking him about his father, who I didn't know very well. He died in 1989, but like I knew he was a cool guy, and he was always kind and nice. He he's just known for being like a nice, kind, gentle guy. But I asked my dad about it. You know, did you were you raised with a religion? And he said, no. None of that. I mean, he said my dad just had a bunch of philosophy books that he'd read and stuff, but that's all bull crap. It's just, it's just some guy's opinion about what he thinks the world is like. And I'm like, that is not <laughs> at all what philosophy is, dad. But 
Okay. So, <laughs> so that's the house my dad was raised in. And then my mom was raised really str- strict LDS or that, well, they converted. And then that's how my dad got into it. He'd never yeah. even really been involved with church at all. But then it's like, Oh, I was going to say something that I just can't say because it's my parents, but <laughs> I really like bone this lady. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say even more vulgar, but uh, were you gonna say fuck? I was gonna say mm, pussy, <laughs> and then it was, and then it was all church from then on. <sighs> but but I still, it still doesn't explain why he stays that way. You know what I mean? So I don't know, but. I don't know. Some of the things you've said about your dad, I'm like, just. I I know. I know. He tricks me a lot because, like, sometimes we'll be talking about stuff and then I'm like, oh, he's totally a secular liberal. And then other times he's like, I don't know. I kind of like that Scott Walker guy. And I'm like, ah, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and and I say that about your dad, but my dad fucking started going to church in October. Yeah, your dad. And he has the God plate and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. It's the same kind of thing. And he's a racist. Yeah, my dad is a fucking racist too. I told you that one thing. Remember, I was trying to sway. I was trying to sway my dad on the same-sex marriage thing. Yeah, and I'm like, well, here's the easy. um, In my head, I'm like, well, here's the easiest way to do it. You just relate it to race. And I'm like, okay, well, so imagine that these are a black woman and a white man. And he's like, well, I'm opposed to that too. (laughs) Well, Well, fuck, fuck. There goes my good argument. So now we got a whole hour of talking. Let's get started. But he did come around. But yeah, I yeah, that would be. I'm sure I would have the same conversation. my dad because he thinks the same fucking way yeah it took some work but we did get her done yeah so next week next week we will have uh mark lawrence and sarah kramer from restore our humanity talking to us about the upcoming world congress of families convention here in utah those fucking bastards. World cool. Congress of Families, which is closely, yes, the closely World Congress tied. Families are bastards. Yeah. Mark and Sarah to, are awesome. To, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, Mark and Sarah are fucking awesome. Uh, World Congress of Families, who is very closely tied to the LDS church, uh, preaching their gospel of hate against the members of the LGBTQ yeah. community. Mm-hmm. And I may or may not be here, all depending on how things go, but I might be gone for the next three weeks. Can you talk about the band that you will be working no. with? No? Not yet? <laughs> no. Oh, because I so <laughs> You so want to say something. Say <laughs> <laughs> no. No, but uh, so I might be gone the next three weeks. Yeah. Well, because I go to California, too. Hopefully our oxygen reserves won't run out before then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Dan. <laughs> Me with the vague reference. <laughs> Why am I lost? Because you're lost. Because you didn't. Yeah, I'll have you're to. Lost. I'll, I'll explain it when we're off the air. I think Ryan got it. <laughs> I got it. Uh, anyway, thank you very, very much for tuning in, everybody. Uh, if you like the show, share it with your friends, post it on Facebook, whatever other social media outlet you have. You can find us on Twitter at TGR Podcast. You can send us email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at Godless Revolution. Uh, you can also call and leave us messages or send us text messages at 33081rebel. 33081rebel! <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget to go over and check out Recovering From Religion. Recovering From Religion. Secular Therapy. Therapist. He's got a hotline project, The God Virus, Sex and God. Those are the books Daryl Ray has out. They're awesome. Yes. If anyone needs help, you can either get in touch with Daryl Ray himself, find him on Facebook, get in touch with us via our Gmail account, and so that it's uh, private, 
mm-hmm. at godlessrevolution at gmail.com. We will put you in touch with Daryl Ray for a secular therapist, or if you're recovering from a religion, we'd be more than happy to do that. Um, fantastic guy, as as you heard tonight. Um, go buy his books. They're fucking great. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, and I'm sure there will be links in our description on this episode to find links to these things. I will be sure to post links to his talk oh, on... Will, will Zelda that shit. Yeah, I will, <laughs> I will be sure to post links to his talk at Free OK, where he talked about uh, there's no yes. such thing as porn or sex addiction. Oh, yeah. I'll also post links to Recovering from Religion and the Secular Therapy, the Secular Therapy Project and uh, mention the book titles that Dr. Daryl Ray has written. Once again, thank you very much for coming on the show, Daryl. We really, really appreciate it. Loved it. Uh, everybody else, if you're tuning in, please be sure to also... Uh, like and rate on Stitcher like and, and rate iTunes. us yes. on please do that on uh, Stitcher and iTunes. I've noticed that we have I think seven reviews on iTunes now. Okay, uh, all of them very very good. Uh, let's get to let's get to seventy. If you yeah absolutely please please be sure to recommend us re- rate review uh, share us with your friends and if you have any show suggestions comments questions let us know we'd be happy to address them for you. Till next time. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.